Hello everyone, welcome to Kill the Cast. My name is Jerry, and as always, I'm joined by the ever-quotable Jay. I wonder who the real cannibals are. You know, I'm getting to the point now where I can pin exactly what quote you're going to do. Well, that's good, I suppose. We'll suppose. Uh, also <laughs> with us is the Silent Hill biker himself, Kenneth. Yay! Still and, looking at porn on Twitter. <laughs> and uh, speaking of that, Kill the Cast's own personal uh, non-porn star, but a star in our eyes, from the ever-snowy mountains of Canada, we have Heather. Hi, guys. Happy anniversary. Woohoo! Woohoo! It's thank our you, thank you, thank you. four fucking year anniversary, guys. We are so excited. Tonight, we will be getting into a Italian classic for Italian Horror Month with Cannibal Holocaust. But before that, we got a bunch of stuff to go through. But first of all, we have to do our standard of, Jay, what you been up to? uh working as always um uh, i've been playing the mana collection that i bought you because <laughs> uh, i've never played two of those games and then just watching movies really uh tomorrow i'm gonna go see knives out before thanksgiving or before food and uh, that looks really good but pretty much my standard just uh watching movies and working all right knives out dicks out uh speaking of dicks out Kenneth, what have you been up to? Uh, not really a whole lot working. Um, da, 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 da. I talked a little bit last podcast, I think, about me getting a colonoscopy. Um, yeah, I had a polyp removed that was cancerous, but luckily it's gone, so that's uh, that's a plus. And uh, I started watching Dexter. Oh, Dexter's so good. Never seen it. I know it's. Is about this your a... first time, Kenneth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I, you're I, I had treat. watched. I had watched a few episodes in the past, um, and um, I, I I don't know, for some reason, when I watched it back then, I just could not get into it. I got, like, two or three episodes in, and I just couldn't get into it. You know, I was really into, like, his monologue and stuff, where he's talking about how he's feeling and whatever else, but that there were, for, for some reason, I just, I just lost it a couple episodes in. And so I figured, well, with the mentality that I got now, I figure I'll go back and give it a shot. And uh, I'm almost done with the first season. Nice. Well, I just had cancer yeah. removed from me, so let me watch something about someone killing people. <laughs> hey, man, whatever whatever makes things better. You know That's what I'm true. I mean, I've got a, a whole new outlook on things, you know, which usually happens to people that uh, discover that they have a uh, killer living inside them, you know, whether it's a, a xenomorph or cancer, whatever it is. And... Uh, you know, uh, I figure <laughs> with that going on, I, you know, if, try some new things. If I things shot. ever get cancer, I am only refer referring to it as a xenomorph. <laughs> What's wrong with you? I got lung xenomorph. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Yes. I'm down. I agree with that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Kenneth, uh, in fact, called me the day after he got his results, and we had this long in-depth talk that went from uh the cancer and podcast to uh the philosophies of uh heath ledger and the dark knight so it's a fun phone call yeah that, that was a good con like that it. was a really good conversation how many razors did you guys go through during that uh, <laughs> let me tell you how i got these scars he went in dry <laughs> um Depression. <laughs> yeah 
Uh, well, that's that's fucking dope. We're I glad. was trying to impress a chick with that's cancer. I got him. Yeah, with scars. Oh, with scars. <laughs> but just in case, you know, I, I mean, I got cancer removed out of my asshole. But uh, can I get a sympathy fuck? Which you which you won't do anal, and you're like, come on, I got cancer removed out of my ass. <laughs> can't be any worse than that. It can't be. Uh, uh, Heather, what have you been up to? off i'm glad kenneth is okay um i've been podcasting a lot since being on kill the cast like i'm not gonna lie i'm getting around guys have you um, done any good shows <laughs> <laughs> you mean besides um a show that doesn't involve neil um yes i have i did this weekend with carly and derek and that will be coming out this week i think it's oh on, shit on you were on celluloids time. yes dissections so yeah. i was on that for legend and we had a very good time um, i'm sorry you had to do a shitty movie yeah it was a <laughs> shitty movie the first time i watched it i was high and drunk and the second time i was sober and let me tell you being high and drunk watching that movie is a hell of a lot fucking what better was the first what was the movie legend, legend. with a uh, fucking uh, scientology well, yes. a great movie. I saw an article. Uh, I saw an article me. the other day where he was like leaving Scientology, like a legit. He's gonna end up dead in, within six months of leaving Scientology. Hey, man. I promise you. Maybe, but that's that's what I saw, and it was like, you know, it was on the cover of like one of those magazines that have all the fucking bullshit on them uh, for celebrities and stuff. But oh it wasn't yeah, tabloids. It was like the real deal. Yeah, Bigfoot raped Bill Clinton's stepdaughter and shit like that. No, it wasn't the it wasn't oh. the tabloids, but it was like it was the ones that you see in publics that are on top uh, that are above the tabloids because they oh, got gotcha. real celebrity shit in them. Gotcha. Roseanne lost seven pounds, and we don't care still. Yeah, it's, okay. yeah, shit like that. Uh, okay, uh, so you're coming up on an episode of Cellular Discussions, uh, but I know you've been doing stuff with Neil. I had to, I had to shit on Neil for a second. Uh, but I'm also going to be meeting up with a podcaster in person, and we are probably going to start our own podcast. So oh, I'll be meeting up with him in a couple of weeks, and he lives near me, and I'm going to keep that as a surprise because, um, yeah. Well, I know what we're talking about when we get off the air. Stay safe. Let me know when you leave the house. Your location <laughs> and what time you'll be back. All right. I will do that, Jay. Facebook call me the entire time. Speaking of meeting up, I think now is a great time to announce a meetup that's going to happen in a couple of months. Yeah. I yeah, fuck me. Think, I haven't Jerry? been doing anything. Um... <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get into that. Um, so uh, we'll get into that after I tell what I've been up to because I feel okay. left out now. Oh yeah, um, you should tell us. So uh, I've been reading really fucked up manga. Um, I sent so berserk. No, oh, no, no, it makes berserk look tame. Um, I, I actually just recorded Atomic Age Saucer Cast that actually came out the day we're recording this, or it came out like two days ago or some shit. I don't remember. But I, I did a mini rant on there about the fucked up manga I was reading and how uh, it's uh, that's Japan getting revenge on us dropping the bomb. Um, so I've been reading this like fucked up manga. I went on this like l- looking for fucked up manga and I found this one called Fracture. And uh, it was about this serial killer who cuts women in half. And he cuts women in half because his brother got uh, turned down by a chick. And so his brother, like, threw himself on a train track and got cut in half. And now he thinks his brother tells him to kill girls. So, uh, but while he's at work, he's talking to all these people about, who's the slice devil? Who's this serial killer? But then out of nowhere, uh, three murders that are done in the same style that he didn't do show up. And he's trying to figure out who did it. 
Uh, and then it cuts to this manga artist who's in this meeting with this woman about how he wants to stop doing uh, gore manga and start doing mystery mangas. And as it, and then it goes into, and it turns out that uh, he actually killed these three triplets, and they were in the room, and they were all cut in half and just, like, stuck on chairs. And he's just been kind of talking to himself. Uh, and then it cuts to... Back to the guy who really is a serial killer, and not the manga guy who's a copycat. And it turns out that uh, he doesn't have a bottom half. It's actually his brother attached to him, waist to waist. So his brother's like arms are his hands and shit, uh, or his hands are his feet. And uh, they and he's killing people like that so that he can create the ultimate specimen of people so they can take over the world. And then he finds two other people that are like him, and they go all find the manga artist and it's fucking weird wow yeah and then i was reading this other one called dead tube which is about this uh youtube like uh website that pops up called dead tube where uh every week they do like a challenge and you can upload any kind of video within the rules of the challenge um and uh whoever has the most views wins money and whoever has the least amount of views uh incurs the punishment of everything that was done so like Say you, uh, like, lose, but the person who won, like, fucking shot, like, someone and then fucked their body, um, and then, like, threw the body in a, in, in a hotel and caused property damage, you would have to pay for all the property damage, you would go to jail for the murder, uh, you would go, you would get the necrophilia time added onto your jail sentence. Whoever loses has to take all of the punishment of the person who succeeded. And, wow. uh, it's, it's fucking crazy. Like eventually, like as it goes on, like there's, there's even a school shooting in the fucking manga. Uh, and that's actually a tame thing because at one point someone who's a fan of someone who makes something on dead tube ends up like locking up this school of middle schoolers and has them like raping and beating each other and killing each other like full on decapitation and shit um it's it's fucked up man um i read everything that's out so now i just gotta wait like every month now to get like maybe one chapter which is like 25 pages which kind of fucking sucks but you gotta do what you gotta do um so it's called dead tube and it was real it's really fucking good it's fucking insane. Like, I'm not even telling you the, like, crazy anime side of it because I don't want to tell you about the characters. Uh, that was just kind of a general overview of what it is. But, like, there's a whole fucking thing. It's it's fucking weird, man. Um, it, it's, it's, it's fucking great. Uh, so I've just been reading really fucked up manga. I read some other fucked up manga, too. But I was basically, I was reading uh, Junji Ito, and I was like, this is really creepy. It's not fucked up enough. I want something more fucked up. <laughs> it reminds me, I really dig that podcast that you fucking recommended to me. Oh, Wizard and the Bruiser? Yeah. Yeah, Wizard and the Bruiser uh, is a fantastic podcast who does not need a shout out from us because they're on the last podcast network who just signed a big deal with Spotify. So they're about to uh, all make fucking bank, uh, even though they already make bank. Um but uh, they do, um, like, history lessons on nerdy things. Anything from, like, Silent Hill to Dragon Ball Z to fucking, um, 
movies, video games, anime, musicians, um, pretty much they just cover everything and they do deep research and like, and they're very funny. Um, yeah, Wizard yeah, that, of the Bruiser, check the out. The one that I'm in the middle of right now is Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, I think that's a two-parter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so very, very fucking good. Um, okay, guys, uh, big announcements. At the end of January, beginning of February, because I don't know the exact date off my head. Uh, February, 9th. February 9th. Days of the Dead Atlanta is happening. Uh, last year, Kenneth and I went, uh, met, out, met out with my boy, Andrew Hoskra. Uh, I just fucked up your name, homie. But I love you, and you know I love you, Cornstar for Life. Uh, but this year, Kenneth and I are going back, but Jay's coming and Heather's coming. What? Yep, everybody here. All four of us, uh, we're going to be there uh, along with others. Uh, we're going to fucking kill it. Kill the cast in full fucking effect at Days of the Dead. Uh, come out and see us. Come out and hang out with us. We will fucking be there. Um, who knows what we'll get into this year. Last year, we got our buddy James drunk and had him just go up to random people and hand out our card and just like talk up our podcast. Amazing. That was fun. It was hilarious. Um, but it was great. We went and got a picture with Clive Barker and shit. It was an awesome time. Uh, we had a fucking blast. Um, so we will all fucking be there. Um, so if you're there, come and fucking hang out with us. Uh, if you're thinking about going, you should definitely go because you want to hang out with us. You know, we're fucking, uh, we're good people. We will not sexually touch you in the bathroom. Well, unless, unless you, you want, want it. To, yeah, yeah, like, let's be clear here. Yeah, we're a pro-consent podcast. <laughs> we are the anti... We're the anti-Brock Turner of podcast. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, I mean, unless you want to give consent now, so that way you can get the fantasy of not... You consent. can pre-order <laughs> yeah, can consent. That's, good idea. That's a good idea, Kenneth. Right yeah. to see? Yeah. I, I mean, it's that. great. If you want to pre-order <laughs> consent, just message us. <laughs> And we'll set it up for you. Um, so uh, we'll be there. Come hang out with us. Uh, so, guys, it's our four-year anniversary. We have been doing uh, this podcast for four fucking years. Um, Crazy. This show is almost as old as my nephew. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's insane. We are literally doing our 79th episode tonight. This is our episode 79. Um, and it, it blows my mind that it's been four years, uh, we're coming up, uh, we're 21 episodes away, or 20 episodes, whatever, uh, from a from episode 100, which we, I don't know what we're gonna do, we're gonna figure it out, um, <clears throat> but, Evil Dead. yeah, Evil Dead, Evil Dead, guys, uh, the I cursed episode, so, I think that's what we need to do, the cursed episode is coming back, <laughs> um, so, with that being said, um, it has been a crazy four years, and um, two things I want to cover real quick, uh, if you don't remember, our first episode we ever did was Jay and I, and it was City of the Living Dead, a Lucio Fulci movie, uh, which bad. is an Italian horror movie, and um, I think it was last year we actually re-reviewed it with Kenneth. Yeah, um, for our third year anniversary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Also, with it being November, that is Italian Horror Month, as per Twenty Two Shots Moods and Moods of Horror, Moods and Horror podcast, um, which I was just on their week two for Italian Horror Month. 
Uh, so you can go check that out. Um, as a warning, it is very vulgar and very offensive. So uh, tread lightly. I say very, very disgusting things that might include urinating in the butthole of one of the hosts of that show. Come that on, let me so pee in your butt one time. One time, I, I did. I did it one time for the one time, Kenneth. <laughs> I, I brought it back on that podcast. That's one of my favorite phrases uh, you ever let go. Uh, <laughs> hey Jay, let me ask you a question real quick, Jay. Uh, yeah. Let me pee in that butthole one time. Okay. One time for the one time. Okay. Just let me pee in that butthole one time. One time. Okay. I consent. <laughs> All right. Um, so I busted that out. Uh, but uh, but anyway, uh, so we've tried to keep up uh, since with these two matching traditions to keep going with uh, an Italian horror film for November. And tonight we're going to keep that going with Cannibal Holocaust. And the reason we chose Cannibal Holocaust is because before this podcast was started, Jay and I were friends from the retro video game scene. And um, we were friends on Facebook um, and he was posting his 31 days of horror for October and he posted a review of his first time watch of Cannibal Holocaust and how he fucking hated the movie. And I was like, holy shit, how do you hate Cannibal Holocaust? I fucking love Cannibal Holocaust. And so we started messaging each other and we were like, we should do a podcast. Um, <laughs> and so we did a podcast and we did Lucio Fulci's uh, City of the Living Dead. Uh, so Cannibal Holocaust is is a movie that is very important to this podcast because without Cannibal Holocaust, there's a chance this podcast would have never have come together. That's true. Uh, and Cannibal Holocaust, along with Lucio Fulci's Zombie, is one of the movies that Kenneth showed me. Mm-hmm. So props to him. That's a good one. It's a good one. I mean, when I when we actually did it for the show, I didn't. I don't know. Didn't I? I didn't like it as much, did I? What zombie? Yeah. Yeah, you came down on I think we all kind of came down on it a bit. Um, even though I, I just watched it again and I actually came back up. Um, it's one of those know. movies I think you have to be, depending on your mood. Yeah, I think with this podcast, I've kind of I've kind of learned a lot about myself and how things how different preferences change so often throughout your the evolution of your uh of t- of watching television in general, whether it be movies or TV or whatever, I think uh, it's it's definitely interesting how much thing changes. That's true. Um, I actually watched an action movie the other day. Did you enjoy it? Uh, yeah. Well, it was an action comedy. It was uh, cool. the Kingsman. Oh, Kingsman is great. Such a great movie. Um, I really, really I watched that, and then I watched uh, Legend with Tom Hardy. Which I haven't watched it yet. Holy shit, guys. If you like crime dramas or you just really like brilliant fucking acting, Legend is the movie for you. Tom Hardy fucking murders that role. Both roles. He's two roles. He plays twins. And the twins oh, are very different. Oh, yeah. I never did get a chance to check that Oh, my God. Out. Watch that movie. About now. Holy shit. That movie's so fucking good. Um, my, favorite, my favorite movie with Tom Hardy, and it's always going to be Bronson. I need to watch that one. I haven't seen that one. So fucking good. Um, when, when I was watching some of the special features for Legend, he actually talked about how he brought a lot of his, what he learned doing Bronson to these two roles. I think it's crazy that um, it's taking you this long to watch Kingsman, considering how long it's been on your voodoo. I, I will, you know what? What I did is I went over to my Blu-ray shelf and I picked out two movies I'd never seen and was like, I'm going to sit down and watch these. And nice. um, I, well, I picked out four movies and then I chose two. 
So those were the two I chose. Yeah, because I figure you're a James Bond fan, aren't you? I am. I fucking love James Bond. Yeah, and see, I, f- I figured you'd like that because of the gadgetry. Yeah, <laughs> in Kingsman, I figured you would like that because of that. Because it's it's basically like if you took uh, I, this is the way I feel about Kingsman. If you took James Bond and wanted and kind of gave him a little bit of LSD, just a little bit, not enough to make it too fucking out there, but just a little bit. That's what you would get. You would get Kingsman. That's fair. That's fair. Um, this is a crazy movie. The second one, the second one, I, I didn't think it was as good as the first one. It was still good, but it wasn't as good as the first one. But now they got a new one coming out that's like a prequel. Yeah, I'm going to watch Kingsman. I really liked uh, the second one. I really liked it. Um, okay, so uh, back on topic, uh, explain why we're doing Cannibal Holocaust tonight. But before we do that, I asked in the Kill the Cast podcast face. Oh, fuck. Hold up. Before I get into that, shit, I'm sorry, I have so much. Um, I wanted to uh, give a shout out real quick to a uh, listener, a uh, fan of the show and who's in our group. Her name is Tiffany, and uh, she is hooking me up with a DVD copy of uh, Whispering Corridor. She shares my love of Asian horror, and she had a double of it, and she's sending it to me. So, oh, nice. Yeah, she's awesome. Yes, yeah, she is. Um I was commenting on her stuff. Uh, she, she started listening to us because we did Suicide Club. Uh, and she loves Suicide Club. And uh, I love Suicide Club. Uh, it's one of my favorite origin, Asian horror movies. So shout out to Tiffany. Uh, I was talking to her earlier about Cannibal Holocaust, actually. Because um, I told her we were doing it tonight. And uh, she was she was like, oh shit, I'm about to watch it right now then. So shout out to Tiffany. Thank you for Whispering Corridor. I'm finally going to get to fucking check that movie out. Uh, I've been wanting to check it out for a while. So I'm super excited about that. Um, yeah, I would I would know who you were talking about if I were more, I, I, you know, if I were more avid in the social media, but I am not. So I apologize for that, Tiffany. But uh, hi. <laughs> yeah, he, Kenneth's not very active. Um, I, I actually so much so I have to like text him personally to be like, hey, in the group, Jay and I are talking about this. Are you down? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, and that's not a joke. He really has to do that. He's like, look at the look at the uh, look at the chat, and I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, he the Kenneth is not a big social media guy. He literally uses his phone for porn, and that's pretty much it. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's either that or uh, f- some form of streaming. That's pretty much it. Yeah, streaming porn. Um, okay, so uh, I posted in the wait, Facebook wait. what. Wait, wait, wait. I, I have to ask you this. Speaking of, have y'all heard this shit about how um, Wes Craven's estate is wanting to do either a new Nightmare on Elm Street movie or TV show? Yeah, yeah. That uh, came out um, l- last month or the month before that. All the rights reverted back to it. And it blew up about two months ago. And then it kind of re-blew up this month because Mike Flanagan reposted it on Twitter saying that he's got a pitch for him. Yeah, apparently the the article that I read today that showed up like two or three days ago was saying that they're actually pushing, uh, they're, they're actually out there trying to get it going. Yeah, um, another article I read today, uh, apparently there's a Pumpkinhead movie in the works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so... Yeah, Pumpkinhead remake. I'm mm. either going to love it or hate it uh, so we will see when that movie comes out if I make a long ranting podcast. I watched the trailer for the new Grudge. 
New I Grudge looks good. Yeah, the New Grudge, it looks good. It's R-rated, so I'm looking forward to that. Which is weird, because usually with um, ghost movies, haunting movies, stuff like that, you, do, you don't have an R-rating because you really don't need an R-rating. So I'm interested to see what they do to get an R-rating. Yeah, it's got that dude that played Harold and Harold and Kumar in it. Yes. Oh, speaking so, of I- dumb articles, there was an article posted that basically said uh, Ari Aster uh, really just remakes bad movies. What? Yeah, mm-hmm. he said Hereditary is a remake of the a condensed remake of the four of the first four Paranormal Activity movies. What? His reasoning is, and I don't have it right in front of me, so I'm going by memory. But both stories involve a grandmother who is trying to put a demon spirit into the body of a male grandchild. And that both movies, uh, at some point, use a female to host the body until they can get it into a male. Okay, so listen. I'm getting real tired of when somebody doesn't like a movie and it has any similarity at all to anything. They're like, oh, it's just a ripoff of X. So, actually, Ari Aster is a great, great uh, example of this. So, Midsummer came out. And hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Has everyone here seen Midsummer? Because I don't want to... Yes. I haven't either. I, I haven't seen it, so don't spoil Okay, because I only did the Hereditary it. one because I knew y'all did it. He has one about Midsummer being a ripoff of Wicker Man. Yeah, okay, so that's oh, all I was no, going to say. But I thing. can't... I didn't want to go into it because to bring up the specific points. Because the specific, the specific points for Wicker Man are, are way fucking farther off than the Paranormal Activity one. The Paranormal Activity one actually made me go, huh, that's kind of cool. But the Wicker Man ones are so fucking far off that I'm just like, shut the fuck up. I don't know how anyone could see that. So, I, so I didn't, listen, But I didn't want to go so into it because I didn't want to ruin it. The similarities between Wicker Man and Midsummer are that they they are part of a, you know, a secluded um, community. That um, I can go old practices. That's it. Those are the only similarities. There, because they don't like it, all of a sudden the movie is a ripoff. There, but well, actually, I've had people who tell me they hate Midsummer for that exact reason also tell me that they love Friday the Thirteenth. I'm like, if you don't like movies that are ripoffs, okay, you can't they don't. Like Friday the 13th. They don't like art house movies, is what they're actually saying. Which is um, fine. I don't care if you don't like it. And for the record, well, the hereditary reason me, they're giving me is stupid. If Hereditary is a ripoff of fucking Paranormal Activity, I'm glad somebody took the idea and made it better. <laughs> Damn. Um, okay, I do want to say, though, I do believe in the article. The guy was actually said he liked the movies. Uh, he was saying that he basically, Ari Aster remakes bad movies into good movies. <clears throat> but I still think it's That's fucking fair. dumb. Uh, it's a dumb statement, and I just kind of wanted to address it, but... Just because Kenneth brought up random articles we were reading, so I was like, fuck it, let's jump into it. Um, okay, so Sorry back on that. task. <laughs> oh, no, it's all good. Uh, back on task, in the Facebook group, uh, I asked for questions for our four-year anniversary, and we got some, so we're going to go over those and uh, see what answers we can come up with. Uh, our first question is from Xavier West. He asks, who wins in a fight? Uh, we're going to go specifically with the 80s here because I'm saying it. Uh, he didn't specify, but I'm specifying. The Thing versus The Blob. This is not a movie fight. This is monster versus monster. The Thing versus The Blob. Uh, who wants to go first to answer this? Um, 
Shit, that's a good question. It is a good <laughs> question. Here's my thing. The blob, if the blob consumes the thing, the thing could consume the blob from the inside. Right. And adapt everything that the blob is into itself and become even more fucking crazier. So to me, the thing wins because the blob tries to eat the thing. The thing bonds itself with the blob from the inside. So basically, they're both these sentient amorphous things whose sentience is stronger. I'm probably going to go with the thing too. Yeah, I think you're right. I think the, uh, the thing would take over. And just be this, now have this shell of acidic jelly around it. <laughs> yeah, Kenneth? Thing. Okay, uh, Heather, you got an opinion? Yeah, I agree with you guys, a thing. Alright, we're moving on. Abraham Ram, aka the Ram Man, asks, In your opinion, which creature feature would you consider overrated? Uh, this is a tough one. Uh, as a huge creature feature fan um okay first of all i gotta specify there are two types of creature features uh natural and unnatural uh natural being things based off real animals unnatural being things based off monsters like pumpkin head or something like that uh shit like that uh as for one that's overrated um uh Fuck. Um, I didn't think 47 meters down in the shallows were as good as everyone said they were. Um, they're okay, but I much prefer like Shark Knight 3D and Bait 3D over those. Um, while those movies are like, especially the shallows, done very well, it's a little boring uh, for a creature feature. Um, either in any of y'all got a creature feature you find underrated? I do. Oh, what I don't you got? like Cujo. I find it fucking boring as shit. Wow. And I don't Harsh. enjoy it at all. And I like dogs. And I um I don't all right, like Whitney, dogs Wisconsin. super cute in it, but I don't enjoy it at all. Jay, I said that joke just for you. Which joke? I said when she said she loves dog, I said, Alright, calm down, Whitney, Wisconsin. Oh uh, <laughs> I didn't uh I think she talked over you. Uh, that's funny. Yeah, sorry, Jerry. Uh, oh, no, it's fine. Okay. It made it me laugh. Uh, Cujo, okay. Uh, Jay, do you have a creature feature you find under or you find overrated? I don't know, man. I see. I'm not. I like. I like them, but I'm not super into them. Uh, so like, like Jaws is a good movie, but I don't like it as much as everybody. But looking at it objectively, it's not overrated. I think it deserves. the I was about to say, Jay, you know I mean? it was a good four year run. But if you start talking shit about Jaws, you're <laughs> off this podcast. <laughs> Just like. So I don't know, man. I don't really have an answer for that one. I don't think I watch enough or care enough to uh, to have a valid opinion on this this question. All right, Kenneth, you got one? Oh, oh, am I overrated or underrated? Overrated. The question is overrated. Overrated. A creature feature that I think is overrated. Also, hmm. I'll, I'll say I'll, sp- I'll get you some more time. A unnatural creature feature that I find overrated is uh feast feast is okay it's oh, a see, fun feast fun ride but it ha- doesn't have a lot of substance after the jokes hit it first time you watch it, it's really good when you go back and watch it the second time the jokes don't quite hit it just doesn't have a lot of staying power um so it's not a bad movie but uh, i find it overrated um much like i find um 
what is it? The Descent. The Descent's okay. Uh, I find I like that one a little. I, I find uh, uh, Descent Two is not as good as The Descent. No. Mm-hmm. Um. All right, Kenneth. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna probably go with you. Uh, with 47 meters down, the the first I haven't seen the second one yet. But the first one, I mean, my exact words about this movie after I saw it, it was it was worth watching. I enjoyed watching it. But my exact words were is that it's it's basically open water. It's the same fucking movie. Except, except in for, a cage. Yeah, except for they're in a cage under, under, you know, down at the bottom. Other than that, it's the same movie. Which is it's still technically pe- open water. Yeah, it's still two people stuck because they got left behind or they got stuck at the bottom, whatever, however you want to look at it. Okay, you got open water, they got left behind. And this one, they got stuck at the bottom. And they're trying to survive while slowly getting fucking terrorized and pos- and probably going to get eaten by sharks. Fair it's enough. It's the same fucking movie. All right, uh, moving on. Uh, we have a question from Court Psyops, who does Atomic Age Saucercast with me, also does Cinema Psyops. Um, what is your favorite episode of the show that you have ever done? Ooh. Wow. That Ooh. is a fucking hard one. Um, I really don't want to take one of y'all's, but if y'all don't have one, I can go I first. I have one, I think. Jay, okay, go ahead. So I, I, I will always, I think this is the first time that we, it was the first episode. It's actually a really early episode too. But it was the one of the first episodes where we actually just did a discussion style episode. Um, That's episode it, three or four. And it uh, and it uh, I felt like it would like we clicked really well, and I was riding such a high on how quality that episode was. But it was the one with the village and whatever we did be or no. Uh, oh no 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 yeah, not the village. Yeah, the village was it? No, the first. I I thought you were talking about the prowler slash the witch. Shit, now I'm confused. That was the episode where we did a walkthrough of the Prowler and Kenneth informed us about how pitchforks work. And then we did... (laughs) Yeah, man, I still uh, stand on that shit, too. (laughs) Then we did the open discussion on the witch. Now, the village was fun because I got to rant and rave like a motherfucker on that movie because I fucking hate that movie. So, so I think the village was... The Village is the episode I'm thinking of. I oh, okay. so forget everything I said before that, but The Village is the episode because we it just it's flowed really well. We all had such varying opinions, and it was just I really really enjoyed making that episode. I I like that one too, uh, Kenneth. I'm actually right now looking through all our episodes because it is so hard for me to remember everything it, that we've done. It's tough. Okay, uh, give you a little bit of time. Heather, you've done a few episodes with us. Uh, out of the episodes you've done, do you have a favorite? Actually, I've listened to a lot of your episodes multiple times, so I actually have a favorite episode. Um, and it was one that you guys did, and it was the other cannibal movie about the two guys. I can't remember the name of it now, the consensual. Oh, the movie called Cannibal? Yes, I thought that that showed your talents the best because it was a very hard movie to review and you guys did a very good job of it. And honestly, I've I've listened to your episodes, I think everyone at least twice, and that really stood out, out to me. But my favorite that I did with you guys was Suicide Club, but I really think that your talents came out in Cannibal. Oh, God, I hated doing that episode. Okay, no, no, I didn't hate doing the episode. I hated the prep for it because I hate watching that fucking movie. I hate that I own an imported fucking DVD from the UK of that movie. I hate 
that I had to spend hours watching documentaries on this dude talk about cutting a dick off and failing at cooking it. Uh, yeah. Jerry, because you hated it so much, your presentation of it, along with Jay and Kenneth, really provided a really great overview and educated people about it. So even though you hated it, it was probably the most informative episodes and really one of my top podcasts that I've ever listened to. Yeah, and you know what's funny is is I just did that uh, video recently on the YouTube channel for yeah. Cannibal. I did not rewatch the movie to do that uh, video. Uh, I was like, nope, absolutely not. I am not sitting through this. Uh, <laughs> I was just like, fuck no. Uh, Kenneth, do you have one yet? Actually, I've got a couple. Okay. Um, I definitely... My some of my favorite episodes to do are the ones where we can like get hollering like back and forth at each other where we get to bitching and I don't mean like really bitching but I mean like like when we do the Jerry hates actions episodes I really love those you know what I'm saying I I really dig all of those um the horror coliseum that we did where we did Alien versus the Thing the very first horror coliseum mm-hmm. I love that one that one was so good because I feel like the 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 combination of the two. You know what I'm saying? Though I I feel like for a horror a horror coliseum, to me those are the two out of all the ones that we've done that really matched each other. You know, the, to me those two movies really really complement each other, and so I really had a good time doing that one. That was that one was probably my favorite. I really love that one. Gotcha. Um, it's really tough for me. Um. I really like when we do really fucking deep dives. Um, the last house on the left uh, with Watson and um, the Psycho 3 uh, that Kenneth and I did where we just went extremely deep into these movies. I love doing those. Um, one of the funnest episodes we ever did, though, that I, I find this episode so underrated um, all three of us were so fucking funny on this episode, but, uh, the puppet master review. <laughs> yeah, that one was good. <laughs> that episode was so much fucking fun. I absolutely love that. And also yeah, I really loved when we did, uh, our interview with the director of the scare house. That shit was just a lot of fun and really down to earth. That was, yeah. um, even though some of the stuff that happened, after we got done recording was funnier than what was on the show that we can't talk about. Uh, it, it was, it was a fucking blast. Um, I, I, man, uh, I love so many fucking episodes we've done. I, I could go on forever, but we're not going to do that. Uh, we've named a couple. We're good. Uh, court also asked, what is your favorite classic universal monster? And what is your favorite cluster? Classic universal monster mashup flick. Jay, you probably won't be able to answer this fully. Um, I haven't watched any of the mashups yet. Yeah, so easy for me. My favorite universal monster is the creature from the Black Lagoon with the Wolfman right under him. And my favorite uh, monster mashup flick from the Universals is Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Hands down. Uh, Kenneth, can you answer either one of these questions? I'm sorry, what was the question again? Uh, what's your favorite classic universal monster and what is your favorite classic universal monster mashup flick? Ooh, classic universal monster. Damn. Throwing the hardballs today. Yeah, that's a good one. Fuck. 
what do you pick? <laughs> what is I, your I, answer? I'd have to be. It'd have to be between Frankenstein and the Invisible Man. What is the average velocity of an African <laughs> swallow? Yeah, it would have to be between. Like I said, it'd have to be between uh, Frankenstein and the Invisible Man. Between have, the two of those. Have you seen enough of the monster mashup flicks to have? A favorite. No, I was no? actually just okay. about to say that, but yeah. Okay, I I, I didn't think so. I, I I've obviously seen them all, but Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein is my favorite. Uh, Heather, do you have a favorite Universal classic monster? No, I haven't seen enough. God I really damn it! Haven't. Sorry. Well, guess who's coming on in February when we do our Universal monster episode? Venom. Heather. <laughs> <laughs> oh, me. Are we um, gonna record that in Atlanta? Uh, probably not. That I have to do a lot of work for that episode because I'm the only one who knows a lot of shit about Universal Classic Monsters. <laughs> so I have to have a lot of fucking knowledge. I, I watch the movie like three times and I, well, I watch it once regular, once with commentary and like once to take notes and then I do like a bunch of research and watch documentaries and shit when we do Universal Classic ones. Um, Jay... Out of the Universal Classic Monster movies you've seen, do you have a favorite monster? You've seen um, yeah, Dracula, uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon. Wolfman is my favorite. Wolfman, all right. A little Lon Chaney Jr. action. All right, we're going to move on. Matthew Tangan asks, what is your favorite screen adaptation of a demon slash devil? What do they uh, mean by screen adaptation? Of like a, an existing de- demon in mythology? Um, actually, I, I guess so. Um, hmm. Well, yeah, I guess if you put screen adaptation. Kenneth, you're good with words. <laughs> um, <laughs> what do you think it means? What do you think this means? Um, actually, when it really comes down to it, you could go to, a, you could go different ways with it. But the way I would go is... If we're talking about, like, we could talk about possession movies, and we could talk about when they actually name the demon in possession movies, and if we're going to say that, I would probably have to say, obviously, Pazuzu and The Exorcist. That's my all-time favorite movie, so that's going to be my number one. And then number two, I would probably have to say uh, Azazel in Fallen with uh, Denzel Washington. That's a fucking phenomenal movie, and I love Uh, the— Fallen's a great movie. Yeah, and I fucking really, really love the portrayal of the demon in that one. Um, so that would probably be my favorites and that, that's probably the only way that I can really go with it and, and, you know, uh, take it of some form of seriousness because a lot of times when they portray the, portray the actual physical manifestation of what the demon looks like in hell outside of the possession thing, they don't do it very well. And so I really don't think... You know what I'm saying? I mean, because we could we could really go as far as you wanted to go. I mean, you could talk about the TV show Supernatural. You could talk about that because there's so many demons in that show. And then you've got uh, you got movies like uh, y'all remember that movie that came out with Eddie Murphy, The Golden Child? Yeah. 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 That's a good example of one where you see demons in a movie. Actually, see the actual demon. Yeah, because uh, I was gonna say my favorite demon is Pumpkinhead. Yeah, I mean, so it depends. It it depends on on the way you look at it, but I always look at it from a possession standpoint, and those are my two favorites. Um, well, my favorite possession movie, um, is uh, fuck. What's that movie where it, it, it's part of the movies in a courthouse? Exorcism of Emily Rose. Uh, 
That one. <laughs> yeah, that was a weird fucking movie. The like, all right, possession movie, court drama. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. that really one or that the um the taking of Deborah Logan. Um, that was, that was a good movie. Possession, that was good found footage. I really dig those. Jay, do you have a favorite uh, demon slash devil? Um. Oh, also greatest film devil ever, Al Pacino. Let's. Yeah, yes, yes. His performance yes. Devil's Advocate is really good. That's um, my favorite movie. You know what? The show Lucifer. I really like the way that they portray the the biblical uh, angels and demons uh, in that show. Um. I really enjoy that. Uh, Constantine, again, um, the way that the, uh, the the devils and the angels and all the different the demons um, from the Bible in that uh, in that movie is really good too. I think. Oh, I, I like thought of a better. Works. I thought of a better devil than Al Pacino. Mm. Satan in South Park. <laughs> yes. He sucks Saddam Hussein's dick. Yes. You can't get better than that. No. Uh, that's funny. Uh, anyway, Kenneth, what were you saying? I don't remember now. Okay. Uh, Heather, do you have a favorite demon slash devil? I I kind of agree with you about the one from South Park. Because he does, <laughs> like, sucks Saddam Hussein's dick. Like, I agree. That's actually one of probably my favorite devil comedy-wise. But I think the El Pacino is the best. And then I love the exorcism of Emily Rose. So I'm happy to hear other people liking that movie because I thought that was an Shout out to none of us saying the witch. Fuck that movie. Um, okay. <laughs> you know what's interesting is going from watching The Exorcism of Emily Rose and the chick that played uh, Emily to watching Dexter and seeing that same chick naked getting fucked with a potty mouth. <laughs> uh-huh. it's, okay. It's interesting because you really don't I'm see gonna her, Google that later. her and really anything else other I than The Exorcism happened. of Emily Rose and Dexter. There's a chick that's in the show Superstore, mm-hmm. and I was watching I that, show that show first, and then I was watching Shameless, and she's naked and Shameless. Wait, so, which chick? Uh, the in um Superstore, the really dumb chick that gets uh pregnant by her fucking uh wankster boyfriend, Cheyenne. Her. Oh, okay. Well, I'm watching Shameless now. <laughs> yeah, uh, Shameless <laughs> has a lot of nudity. Um, okay, we are moving on. Um, our boy Mark Minks uh, said, since remaking things seems to be a go-to, what do y'all want to see remade? Um, well, currently now I want to see Pumpkinhead remade because that just would be interesting. Um, but that's a loaded question. But I do think there are movies that should be remade just because I... I think it would be interesting. Um, but we don't need to remake good movies. Let's remake bad movies and make them good. Movies that had potential that let us down where like it was such a good idea and they just fucked it up and put out a shitty movie. Like A Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, look it. I'm probably the most lenient on remakes out of everyone I know. Like, everyone. Um... I really enjoy them. I do think I get excited for uh, remakes of good movies less because I'm like, well, that last movie was already good. Um, But older movies, like really old movies, um, and then, like you said, movies that weren't so good, 
um, I really get excited for remakes of. So like I didn't, I had actually never seen the original Black Christmas, but I like the remake better because I didn't too much care for the original. Um, but uh, I'd love, I wish that they had fucking succeeded with uh, the Universal Dark Universe because I was really hyped to get remakes of all the old Universal movies. But then they fucked it up. And I actually enjoyed The Mummy. I didn't mind it, but the, the audiences and the general public didn't like it, and so the other movies that they had planned got scrapped. Well, fuck the general public. Um, <laughs> I would really like, I really would like a practical effect uh, remake of The Creature from the Black Lagoon, maybe with some more substance in the plot and some more, uh, more hardcore violence. Insert generic joke about Shape of Water here. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you want to watch the creature have sex, I want to watch him kill things. Why not both? Horrorporn.com. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> it sounds like horrorporn.com. Oh. Fuck. Uh, Kenneth, do you have anything you want to see remade? Mine and your sex tape? <laughs> Coming this February to horrorporn.com. <laughs> Actually... All bullshit aside, and y'all may think this is sacrilegious, I would like to see a remake of Brain Scan with today's technology. No, that would work really well. Yeah, that'd be dope Especially with VR. Like the height of uh, VR games and stuff, that would work That's really well. That's what I'm saying. I think it would be really cool, but you'd have to have the right person to do it, so that way they didn't fuck it up. They need yeah. to bring back Edward Furlong, but have him be the principal who doesn't believe in shit that gets the uh, game given to him at the end. Uh, right you know <laughs> you know what with the success of crawl i would really like to see a remake of alligator from 1980 i know it would be cgi i know it would but i would love to see a giant alligator movie crawl was fucking dope and i loved seeing a natural creature future like that but i would actually like to see a giant natural creature feature movie comeback that has taken seriously yeah. uh an alligator would alligator or orca would be the perfect uh a uh, go-to for that the um host. what'd you say kenneth the host the host uh i mean i don't the think Korean the host movie needs a remake no the the host the one done by the chick who wrote twilight obviously that's what he's talking about well, yeah, totally. maybe that was a good concept, but... Uh, that's a movie I'd like to see get remade, Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I never... There's a few concepts in that movie that I actually enjoyed quite a bit. Okay. Well, waiting. <laughs> Awkward silence. I don't know how I'm supposed to <laughs> respond out, to that. But, uh, well, that's all. That was the end of my thought. I was just saying... I oh! Like, like the vampires having individual X-Men <laughs> okay. powers... Um, I liked the uh, the werewolf transformations. That kind of stuff was I enjoyed. But okay, uh, uh, to get us into a better position, um, <laughs> put your legs behind your head. I okay. So the other day I was watching this Perfect. video on um, Japanese horror movies, and uh, and I know I, I've told Jay this before, but I've had a a name floating in my head for like the past year, and I I've brought up the name to Jay saying I didn't know what I was going to do with it. And the name is Depression Tech. That's um, right. And I was watching this thing talking about uh, Japanese movies. And 
the there's two trends in, in that started in the 90s with Japanese movies uh, where they're based off one or the other of these things and sometimes intermingle uh, where it's based off how technology is affecting people and uh, depression. And so I, I the other day I was toying with the idea of um, starting another podcast called Depression oh, Tech. <laughs> I'm not going to start another podcast. Don't worry, guys. I've got like five podcasts. I'm good. Uh, but I was toying with the idea of doing one called Depression Tech where we specifically only talk about movies, uh, horror movies that deal with technology or depression. Um, and a lot of those would be like Japanese movies and everything, but I think I'm going to turn it into like, um, a YouTube series or something. We could uh, do side episodes like Jerry hates action. We can be like, welcome to kill the cast presents. Ah, uh, we could maybe. Um, but anyway, th- but, uh, while thinking about that and going through like movies, um, I, here's what we need to do. We keep taking these Japanese movies and doing remakes of them. We need to let Japan do a remake of one of our movies, and I think we let them remake Fear.com. That would work. I'd watch yeah. that. Yeah. It's, know, I think I bought a copy of that recently. Or was it... No, it's Crywolf I bought. Never mind. Different internet horror wow. movie. Yeah, definitely off. Um, but I would like to see a remake of Fear.com, and I would like to see the Japanese do it um, because they're really good at the whole uh, tech-phobia thing. And I, and that movie already has like kind of a depressing visual tone. It's not really a depressing movie, but it has a lot of like dark scenes, like uh, rain and clouds and all that shit. Um, so I'd really like to see a remake of Fear.com, but I want the Japanese to do it. Um, Heather, do you have any movies you want to see remade? Yeah, and people might be upset by this, but I wouldn't mind seeing The Chainling with Gregory Peck being remade. Um. um. Wow, you are, uh, there, there is a 40-year-old man listening to this podcast right now <laughs> that is pissed off at you. Yeah, um, that's fine. They can be pissed off all they want. I, um, I think it would be interesting to see it redone. I don't have a problem with remakes. I don't, I don't know if I've ever I seen get upset. called The Changer. Um, and if it was shitty, it was shitty, but I really liked the original, and I think it would be interesting to see what someone could do now. I, right, I The Changeling... Right I think would be hard to do because that's such a slow burn atmosphere ghost story. Well, yeah, it's not but, really representative of now, but maybe if you got but, the right director, right? If you put, no, <laughs> you put Flanagan. Flanagan just did the Netflix, uh, haunted show, uh, whatever the fuck that was called. Uh, not house on haunted Hill, but legend hell house or some shit like that. Yeah. Uh, he, he could do it. Flanagan can do no wrong. Let's Flanagan's a great director. Yeah, he could do it for sure. Okay, just watch that he directed too. Uh, Doctor Sleep. Yeah, that's right. All that right. Uh, does anyone have any more before we move on? Uh, I would like to see not. I mean, not so much horror, maybe more exploitation. Uh, The Warriors is due for a remake. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I could. I, I, I could be down with that. I can't wait for him to start clinking the botters, bottles. Gucci gang, come out and play. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I'm sorry for that. I ruined the world. Okay, um, next question comes from James Murphy, who was the guy we got drunk at the last Atlanta 
con- we didn't get him drunk. He got himself drunk. Let's be honest. Uh, but he got drunk and started handing out our business cards and telling Any- people about our podcast. Anybody out there listening, if you if you come out to Days of the Dead and James is there, the easiest way to get him drunk, hand him the bottle. You ain't going to do anything else. Just hand he, he will have his own bottle on him. I mean, um, I, I was just about to say, you probably won't even have to hand it to him. Just sit it on the floor and then just step back and watch. You know, you could probably put a box over the top of it at like a trap and he would get it like bait. You know, one of the yeah. old school traps. If you just open a bottle of whiskey, he will. He'll find hear the bottle it. open and then he'll smell it. You <laughs> know, it'll be like three rooms over. He'll he will be running like, like Clifford running. the Big Red Dog to your bottle. Because you're Irish. listening out there, James. Uh, sorry, man. I'm just giving you shit. <laughs> oh, he's Irish. We can make fun of him for being an alcoholic. True. Anyway, James Murphy asks a legitimate analyst between Spawn and Pinhead, who would be victorious over the other? Um, so we just had a thread the uh, a couple weeks ago, I think, about um, Pinhead versus everyone in horror. And how I legitimately think Pinhead can fucking beat anyone. Spawn, on the other hand, can also shoot chains. Also can go to hell. Um, Spawn's this overpowered ex- for this kind of matchup. He killed God, became God, and then gave up being God because he was bored with it. That's fair, but Pinhead... Well, Pinhead lost a fight against Satan, so... A weakened I, Satan. <laughs> okay, yeah, it was a weak in Satan, but he still lost. But right, he was still badass. If he lost against a weak Satan, imagine what uh, someone who's killed both God and the devil as uh, would do to him. Yeah, I, okay, Kenneth, you're the Pinhead expert. Uh, anything you can throw in that could maybe edge Pinhead a win here? All right, and this is Pinhead against Spawn? Yeah. yeah. I don't know, man, because from what I know about about Spawn and the comics and things like that, that's a bad motherfucker, dude. <laughs> yeah, it really is. I mean, you know, that, um, for, what was it, Todd McFarlane? Yeah. Yeah. yeah when, when he came up with that, man, he came up, that, I mean, that was a fucking genius creation. I mean, because that is a, I mean, so when it really comes down to it, you know what I'm saying? I would probably have to say, as much as I fucking love Pinhead, I gotta give Spawn this one, man. That's a bad motherfucker, dude. Alright, Heather, you got an opinion? Well, I haven't seen Spawn in a long time, so I'm just gonna let you guys decide on this one. I don't know enough about the character. Uh, So, unfortunately, comic book superhero versus horror icon in a fight, we have to give it to the superhero. Which sucks, but you know what? You gotta do what you gotta do. Uh, Adolfo Bonatello, did I say Bonatello, says, um, Jerry, what is your favorite Every Time I Die album slash songs? Uh, my favorite Every Time I Die album is The Big Dirty. Um, a couple of favorite songs are Indian Giver, More, um, um, Two Summers, uh, fuck, um, Romeo a go go, God, I could go on forever now. I'll stop there. Um, uh, are all the hosts of the show metal fans? Um, I'm not a big metal fan, but I do listen to uh, 
hardcore, post-hardcore kind of stuff. Uh, but yes, Kenneth is a big metal fan. Jay is a big metal fan. Um, funny enough, uh, after this comment, uh, he did say, well, I'm listening to the new year old me now, and you guys are covering this. So he kind of already knows and has his question answers. But uh, <laughs> Heather, are you into metal? No, I'm pretty basic bitch when it comes to music. I oh, like, unfortunately, I like that's what all we're listening to when I get down there in February. So main, I like metal. I just don't know a lot of it, but I'm I'll listen to it. I don't care. Whatever. Okay, fair enough. Um, he also asked, "What are some of your favorite musical artists?" So, um, I guess we will go into a couple more. Um, I'm really into a rap group called Run the Jewels. I think uh, they're the one Jewels of the is fantastic, greatest. Yeah, uh rap groups uh around right now um i i absolutely love them um if you want something a little weirder um it's a very unique taste but you could listen to a rapper named hobo johnson oh i like Uh, hobo johnson i i I dig his stuff he just had a new album drop um and i like it uh not for everybody though a lot of the things i listen to are not for everybody um (laughs) I also listen to a lot of nerdcore hip hop, um, Shay for the Dark Lord, MC Frontalot, uh, MC Chris, uh, Lex the Lexicon artist, uh, uh, MC Frontalot, MC Lars kind of shit. Uh, so there is a lot of that in my repertoire. Uh, and then when it comes to rock music, I listen to a lot of post hardcore. So from Autumn to Ashes, Every Time I Die, The Blood Brothers, uh, Alexis on Fire. I also dig bands like Say Anything. I'm a lyrical kind of guy. I like lyrics. I like vocalist. That's kind of my wheelhouse. Um, so, like, I, I listen to that kind of stuff. I also listen to really emo stuff like Dance Gavin Dance and Amorosa. Um, but that's kind of, kind of what I'm into. Uh, so, Kenneth, what are some musicians you want to shout out? Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> Okay, um, I'm really into uh, folk metal, so I really, really dig like bands like uh, Iluvati. Um, uh, just saw this Russian, um, uh, a, a Russian band in that same genre called Korpiklani. They're really cool. Um, I like Aelstorm because I like pirate metal. That's pretty awesome. Aelstorm's great. I don't even right, know about beer, but their songs are fucking great. They're fucking great. I love it. Um, but then I, I can get into jazz. Um, I dig that. Uh, what else? What else? What else? I mean, shit. I can find pretty much anything in Tell just about any genre. everyone right? about your great love of Tupac. Um, I think Tupac, and I'm not alone, obviously. I think Tupac is one of the greatest rap artists ever. I really do. And and it sucks that he went out when he did. I would have loved to have seen his evolution from where he was then to now, um, you know, as an artist. I think it would have been great. Um, but, yeah, I really, really do. I really dig Tupac. I think um, I really dig a lot of his poetry. I like his ideas on things and where he was going with what he wanted. And and, and I also think in, in, in the political scape of everything now – I think to a degree, Tupac's ideals would fit in now, but not from a, 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 a not as a specific way of dividing people. Because I, I'm one of those people that politically, I feel like that our country is really divided right now. I don't think that he, I, I think he would have had the opposite effect. I think he would have brought people together through his art. And so, Word. 
And so I'm, I'm, I'm a really, really big fan. And, uh, but like I was saying, I mean, shit, I, there are artists that I like from every scape of music. Like I can go from, like, I can go from listening to Lamb of God to, you know, I can go from listening to that to fucking Garth Brooks. You know what I'm saying? If that's what catches my fancy at that moment, you know what I'm saying? Or I can go from, I can go from listening to something like, uh, it always ends up starting with metal. So I can go from listening to, uh, like, like Jerry was talking about, I can go from listening to really heavy metal to going and listening to some emo shit, especially if Jerry sends it to me, because then I'll get into this whole emo thing and I'll go through that rabbit hole for a while. Um, and then I'll go back to listening to Black Label Society or something like that. Metal is always where it starts for me. That's kind of at the core. And so, you know, I'll be listening to Pantera, Black Label Society, uh, like I said before, Lamb of God. Um, and then I'll go into bands like fucking uh, Amon Amarth, uh, Cradle of Filth, shit like that. And then and then I'll throw it and then I'll go back to something that's a little bit more chill. You know what I'm saying? And then sometimes I'll get into stuff like uh, I get into hip hop. Then I'll get into pop music. Um, then I'll get into like fucking European music. You know, I sent this uh, I sent this weird thing where this guy was doing. What, what did he call it when I sent it to you, Jerry, when I was driving home from Tennessee? What was it? Uh, Are you talking about the guy who was uh, making the beat live? Yeah, yeah, with yeah. With a loop machine? Yeah, yeah. What, what, what did he call that shit? It was... It it was like Middle Eastern trap music or something like that, <laughs> it, uh, but it was great. I really I really really enjoyed it. So I looked up his shit on Spotify and, and and I really enjoyed what he was doing. I mean it was cool. And then and then I'll go like like I said I really dig fucking folk metal. So not only will I go like European folk metal, but I'll go like you know uh, Asian folk metal. So I'll be into like you know bands like Nine Treasures and uh, and. Uh, you know, shit like that. And, uh, there's other ones that are out there that I can't remember the names of because I'll just go through a rabbit hole of, uh, of Spotify music and just go from one to the next one, to the next one, to the next one, and to the next one, and just keep on going and keep on going and keep on going. Um, I was really, I was listening to Skeleton Witch the other day. That was a really oh, man. So dude, I saw Skeleton Witch live in May and they put on an amazing fucking show. I bet dude, I, I, I would really fucking love to see them live. I've never been able to see them live. Um, but yeah, I was listening to them the other day, and then there's this uh, there's this band out of Atlanta. They want me to play bass for them called Awaken the Ancient. And any of you guys out there that like listening to metal, Jay, you're included. Check the band out. Look them up on YouTube. They're on Spotify also. It's called Awaken the Ancient. They're fucking badass, and their chick singer sounds fucking mean as shit. Nice. Right, we'll, we'll have to reach out to them. We'll put one of their songs on the show. Hell yeah. Um, oh, which reminds me, Kenneth, I need to make you listen to this band, Greyhaven. Okay. They're fucking awesome. Uh, Jay, you got some bands, uh, music you want to shout out? Yeah, so I'm, I'm similar to Kenneth where I'm kind of all over the place. Um, for a long time, I was like one of those only metal, uh, only band shirts, everything else is stupid. And then I just started kind of broadening my horizons. Um, so I'm, I'm all over the place. My favorite band ever is Wednesday 13. I've said that a couple different times on the show. Uh, horror metal slash punk, like Alice Cooper and the Misfits. Sometimes it gets a little harder. Um, but yeah, that's that's my favorite band. I see them every chance I get whenever they come to uh, the Seattle area uh, for like the last, shit, seven years, eight years now. I've been trying to see them live every time they come. Um, but again, all over the place, like literally, like Kenneth said. Uh, you hit shuffle on my phone, you're going to go... Um, 
right from from like something heavy metal to uh, to fucking Michael Jackson. It could be Panic at the Disco. I like I like everything. I like lyrics, like you said, and I still I keep trying to get Jerry to listen to fucking Coheed and Cambria because I think I really fucking dig their lyrics, and I think they'd be. Oh right no, up the I, valley, I know I like, know the band. I, I just don't really like the singer's voice. Oh, okay, that's the that reason why sense. I can't get into them. Either. I don't think I've heard you say that before. I'm like, oh man, I think you'd really do it because I listen to some of their stuff. And I'm like, oh man, this is like right up Jerry's alley, word wise. And I um, hate it when that happens too, because I'm I'm like, all right, Jerry's all about lyrics and stuff like that, and I'm all about the music, and fucking, I'll hear something that's so fucking badass, and it's like it's heavy as fuck, and I'm into it and everything, and then the singer starts, and I'm like, well, that just fucking got ruined real fast. <laughs> I really like mashups. I really like bands that mash two genres. So like, uh, as cliched as again as it is, uh, like rap rock. I fucking love when when rap and other genres mix together. Um, techno, like like industrial style music, where it's like half techno, half metal. Um, Rammstein, Combi Christ, that kind of stuff. Um, I did. Christ I get puts down on a hell of a live show too. Uh, Kenneth, have you ever heard of a? It's a Spanish folk metal band uh, called Mago Diaz. No, I haven't. Link me to it. I'll check it out. All right, I'll send you my, my favorite song by them, but they're they're pretty fun. Um, I always get whenever it's summer and I'm and I have them playing, I always get looks because we have a heavy Hispanic community here, and so my windows will be down and I'll like pull up to somebody and then they'll hear the uh, the Spanish singer and they'll just like look at me like what the fuck is this white boy doing? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm kind of all over the place. But uh, Wednesday thirteen is my favorite, and then everything else is just kind of uh, even for second. It just depends on my mood at the time. Fair enough. Uh, Heather, do you have any bands you want to shout out? What are you listening to over there? Well, just Drake. That's all we listen to in Canada. <laughs> you have <laughs> one of I'm the That's greatest. All you no, okay, hold up. You have one of the greatest post-hardcore bands to ever exist. Talking about Alexis on Fire. Alexis on Fire. Yeah, I've seen them. yeah, I yeah they're fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, you also have. Uh, Billy fucking. I, I do like Billy Talent, July Talks. Like, I do like different, not probably as hard as what you guys like. And Kenneth sent me a really good link. I was trying to find it Dark Country, which he got me to listen to this summer that I really like. That liked. shit was good. That yeah, was really, really good. Um, I just want to point out, like, great Canadian bands now. You've got Boys Night Out. Boys Night Fans. Out is fabulous. That's correct. Yes. Uh, love them. They have one of the greatest concept albums fucking ever about this guy who like kills his wife in his sleep and then goes through a mental breakdown and gets put in a mental hospital. And then he like gets a leave and he invites like family and friends over, but he kills all of them too, because he thinks it'll bring her back. Yeah, sounds that like the Canadian healthcare system. Right now. Yeah. What? What'd you say, Jay? I said that needs to be a movie right now. I'll do I'll send you, I'll send you the name of the album. You like, it's fucking, it's crazy because the every it does not have a song that does not deal with the story. I love concept albums. Um, There's one, oh man, I can't even remember the name of the band, but it's about a guy who gets into a car accident and he's in a coma. And so it's two CDs worth of music, and it's like a whole 21 days. So each track is a different day that he's in a coma, and like it's him trapped inside his own head, dealing with like the doctors are like, oh man, he's fine. I don't know why he's not waking oh, up. Oh, and so you're it goes talking back and, um. About the movie, um, uh, or the the album, uh, the guy who was killed, who was uh, hit in a car by the dude who played Ferris Bueller and killed that guy, right? No. Oh, this isn't about the guy who played Ferris Bueller killing no. people. 
Oh. It's not about Matthew Broderick killing people and no. getting away with it. We're not talking about that. No, original characters. <laughs> okay. Conspiracy, but whatever. <laughs> I think but, the first uh, time. But it's, yeah, so like all the songs are like, like his wife is trying to get him to wake up. Um, and then like, you find out that he caught his wife cheating on him with his best friend. And that's probably why he got into the car accident. Oh, The Walking oh. Dead. Oh, my God. <laughs> You know, I didn't make fun of the bands you were talking about. I'm not making fun of the band. I'm trying to you. You don't even know who you're talking about. I'm just I trying to help you out. I'm talking about. I'm going to look it up, and then in the middle of the episode, I'm just going to shout it out when I figure it out. <laughs> Fine. Okay. All right. We're moving on. Um, we've got a couple of thought. Who has say, a thought? I, I, me. I was going to say. I think the first concept album that I ever really got into that was like that is by a band called Deceased, and the name of the album is Fearless Undead Machines. And it's it, it's 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 an entire album that's basically a fucking apocalypse zombie movie before, damn, the all, the big zombie apocalypse craze. Hmm. And it's really good. And I've always thought the name "Fearless Undead Machines" was a was a fucking cool name for zombies. It's a little edgy, but yeah. I don't give a fuck whether it's edgy. It's still cool. <laughs> I will fucking edge you. Okay. Come on, sweetheart. Videotape it. You couldn't hand. Mm. You know how much, how long it would take to film that? Like, you gotta edge someone for like fucking like two hours minimum. I got time. I was just gonna say, I know Heather will sit and watch. Well, I found it. <laughs> Jay, did you say you found it yeah, while we're talking about edging? Arion, I don't know how to actually pronounce it. Uh, and the name of the album is The Human Equation. Okay. Everybody uh, needs to listen to Animals as Leaders, too. They're fucking great. Okay. Uh, all right, we're moving on. We're, we're, we're getting off music. Uh, we are going to a few questions from Dave Z. Uh, Dave Z hey, wants Dave. to know. Hi, Dave. Hi, Dave. I haven't talked to Dave in so fucking long. I need to send him a message. It's because he's like you. He doesn't do social media anymore. I need, yeah, I need, I need to send him a message. I've, oh, I've got Dave's number. I'll text him. Yeah, tell text him. Give him my right number. Now. Tell him to text me. Okay. Um, Dave wants to know. How pleased are you with the body of work so far? Um, very pleased. Uh, I real I think we have come so fucking far. Whose body now? Our body oh, of work, okay. not not our physical body, Kenneth, uh, but our body of podcasting yeah, work. I'm feeling a little fat these days. <laughs> um, and we I'm feeling a little body. weak. Um, uh, let's not talk about. Small penises, because I'm in a good mood. Um, I don't want to face reality right now. Because, uh, uh, let's be honest, uh, Barbie's boyfriend, Ken, has a bigger penis than me, and he doesn't have one. So, fuck. Um, uh, anyway, how pleased are you with the body of work so far? I'm very pleased. I think we've come a very long way with podcasting. Uh, we have all got better in... Every aspect of what we do for the podcast, um, when it comes to reviewing, when it comes to explaining, when it comes to uh, hosting, um, I, I just think we've all come a lot farther from our early episodes. And trust me, I've went back and listened to some early episodes, and they're unfucking listenable. Um, it's just not good. Um, 
I was actually yeah. talking to Mark, uh, Mark, the guy that Mark Meeks, the guy that I asked the question. I was talking to him earlier today and I was talking to him about how you can go back and listen to our early episodes and listen to now and really see how far that we have came as as far as, you know, kind of really getting into the swing of things and developing our chops and, you know, uh, really building on each one of our own unique personalities and how we do things. So, um, yeah, I, it, I, this is actually a really good question. I like this question. Might be the best question yet. Uh, Jay, how do you feel? Uh, definitely. We've definitely gotten better. Um, like I said earlier, that first episode is real rough. Uh, we got aspects of the plot wrong. We were still trying to figure out our format. Um, and we've done nothing but improve. Of course, we've had a couple missteps, like the brain scan episode and then our cursed episode, the Evil Dead fucking up. And um, the transition between Jay hating me and loving me. I never hated you. Are you sure? Yes. I felt I felt so much like you hated me at first. No. He didn't it, hate it, you. It, he hated the witch. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. And then when I learned how to stop scrubbing my teeth, he really loved me then. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I'm I'm really happy with the progress we've made. I I've I don't know if I've ever said it on air. I know I've said it to Jerry before, but I I tried to do a podcast with a friend, just a general nerd podcast a long time ago. And we never made it past, like, I think maybe five episodes. Um, so to actually have a project, creative project like this, last for four years without falling apart is a pretty big uh, personal accomplishment for me, even though it's Jerry driving the whole thing. And if he all of a sudden one day said he was done, I'd probably be done, too. But, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm really happy with with all the work we've done. And even if, even if like, Heather and Tiffany are the only people out there that ever listen to the show... <laughs> I love that we uh, that we've that we've made something like this and it's out there for anybody who actually wants to to enjoy. Uh, our listenership has actually been uh, growing here recently, so that's good. Um, that is very interesting because uh, you're right. Uh, to do a project for four years, when most times we'll start projects, do them for you know a month, maybe a year, but it, it burns out, doesn't really work. Uh, for whatever reason, but here with Kill the Cast, we've been going for four years. Um, God damn, that's great. Why do you think that is? Why do you think we've Kill the Cast is a thing that's lasted four years? I don't know. We just all enjoy doing it. I think we drive each other to continue to improve. You know what I mean? Yeah, Kenneth, you. What do you think keeps the boat afloat? I, I think the friendship between us is one thing. I mean, it's just like, you know, even though we, well, you and Jay do, and then me and you do, but even though we don't, we're not regularly up each other's asses and stuff like that constantly and whatever else, even though we're not doing that, we're, we're there's still a friendship between us and there's still, you know, uh, a collective uh, viewpoint on, on one, getting along as people and then two, getting along as artists, you know, in, in perfecting the craft that we do and and for us to have you know that that like i said that collective agreement between us you know from a mental standpoint an emotional standpoint and from you know the the love of what we do all together i think i think that's what drives it into keep pushing it because like jay said you know all th- all of us really enjoy these movies that we watch and we enjoy 
you know, do, having these conversations. And, and, and I think that even if we weren't recording it and putting it on the internet, we would still be, be having these types of conversations. And so, you know, and the other part of it is, is I think that, you know, something that we've never discussed or maybe y'all have or whatever. I think another thing is, is that doing this podcast has pushed, I know for me, has pushed me to dive into things that I normally haven't, even though I'm, I'm usually one for watching just about anything. But this pushes me to actually do it. Like I can sit down and say, oh, I'm going to watch such and such or I'm going to watch such and such or I need to get around to watching such and such. And, and, and fucking I won't do that. You know what I'm saying? But for the podcast, I have to, you know, and and, and so I, th- I think that's got a lot to do with it. I think I think, you know, learning new things and, and pushing ourselves mentally and emotionally. And then, like I said, the connection between the three of us and the unspoken you know, uh, agreement that we have as artists. I think all those things together is what kind of has made us last as long as we have and, and, and are continuing to go along, even through thick and thin bullshit in all of our lives. Because over the past four years, all th- all three of us, and, and I'm sure Heather included, you know, all, uh, we we have been through a lot of shit over the past four years. And I mean, there's been a lot of stuff between us that have accumulated over the past four years and to keep on pushing through, so... That's kind of the way that I look at it. Well, I agree. Um, and, and I know for me personally, um, like as Jay said, uh, me being the creative force, the the one driving the boat here, uh, it's therapy for me. It helps me uh, deal with a lot of things. It keeps my mind occupied because I'm, you know, picking episodes or trying to come up with good ideas. Um, I'm editing. I'm promoting. I'm, you know producing everything like um expanding into other shows like for me podcasting is just the the greatest way for me to get serotonin to my brain um and and then everything jay and kenneth said i'm not gonna repeat i just doubled down on what they said now heather i don't know how to ask you this question well i already got an answer Okay, how pleased are you with the body of work so far? <laughs> well, she loves my body. I do. I love all your bodies. They're all around my room. Yeah. Pictures everywhere. Um, I think you guys are incredible. Yes, please, stalk me. I do stalk you, Kenneth, but you don't answer your messenger, so it's hard you're not on social media to That's stop. true. That's She's got a point. Just show up at my house. Like, I just want you to know that I fuck like a leper. <laughs> you just fall apart and cry. <laughs> Basically, yes. That seems uncomfortable, but arousing at the same time. So, <laughs> just find a bleeding spot and go for it. I come with extra holes, which is why Kenneth likes me. Hell yeah! <laughs> oh fuck! And I okay. Well, I think this is the reason right here. You guys are hilarious. From the moment I first listened to your podcast, I was hooked. And, you know, I think Kenneth said it really perfectly. We all go through shitty times. And I will tell you guys, when I was feeling down, I would put on one of your episodes. And just listening to your chemistry that you had together, how funny you are, um, it can't be matched. And I was actually talking to another podcaster because I have you guys to thank for me being involved in podcasting now and, and being in the community, I guess you could say. And someone said, oh, you really fucking love Kill the Cast. And I said, yeah, it's because they're the fucking best. And I really do believe that. Um I really think you guys are incredible and I think you've grown and I hope to see you keep going. It's always great when you're having a shitty day and you go like, man, I'm having a shitty day. 
Well, I can listen to Kill the Cast because they suck more than I do. No, that's not why. It's because you're funny and you can always bring a smile uh, to my face. I know. I know. I it's another, all those feelings. I think another thing that's cool about it, and uh, I hope I'm not interrupting, Heather, if you uh, feel no, free. Go ahead. Go ahead. I think another Jerry and I were having a conversation the other day. Um, it, it was when I had found out the, you know, the results of, of my colonoscopy and we were having a conversation and I was talking about the fact that one of the things that I have to say that, you know, when it really comes down to it, when I'm gone, the crazy thing about it is, is one, this is on the internet. It's there, you know what I'm saying? And this is a way for my kids to go back and see like, you know, once you get past the, you know, the dead body jokes and the dick jokes and all the rest of that stuff, you know, my, my kids get to go back and they get to see what, you know, an insight into their dad's mind because, you know, talking about things that I love with, with friends that I love, you know, and, and, and unfortunately I didn't get to have anything like that for my dad. You know what I'm saying? I've got, I, like I was telling Jerry, I've got one little tidbit when me and James Murphy were trying to do a YouTube thing way back in the day where I have my dad recorded talking when he was doing, uh, doing makeup effects on a friend of mine because we were, we were filming this little thing for YouTube. And that's pretty much the only recording that I have of my dad. I got pictures and stuff, but that's the only place where I can actually hear his voice. And I think it'd be cool later on for Jade and Easton, you know, my kids to be able to go back and, and have hours of stuff to listen to of their dad and things that, and the way that I thought and, and, and how I felt about this, this, this medium that we love that, that to me is what above anything else makes our podcast special to me. All the feels. I'm not crying. You're crying. Yeah, um, man. That fuck. That that hit home. So yeah, we're gonna dude. we're gonna go on to another question. Dave Z wants to know. No one's gonna no one's gonna follow that. It, I'm sorry. Done. No one. Questions are done. No one's no one's followed up. Okay. Next question. Anything you would change or do over if you could? Yes. Brain scan. <laughs> brain scan. Because I ruined brain scan. I was super sick and decided to record even though I had been on a diet of straight uh, NyQuil for a week. I was high as fuck on NyQuil while we were recording and my dumbass thought that muting my mic would, uh, I'm sorry, not muting my mic. I was muting Skype instead of my microphone because I thought muting Skype would, uh, make it to where it wouldn't record my coughs. It made it to where they didn't hear my coughs, but my recording program records directly from my mic for me. It doesn't record me through Skype. It just records them through Skype. So I ruined the whole episode because I was high on NyQuil and coughing. Yay. So I fucked that episode up and it's very upsetting uh, because even if we redo the episode, it's just not going to be the same. Um... So I wish I could go back and change that. Uh, Jay, do you have anything you would love to go back and change for the podcast? You know, I'm kind of a like no regrets kind of guy sometimes, even though I like am filled with regret all the time. Uh, no, I was about to say you're like 51% water and 49% regret. That's true. 
Um, but you know what? All the mistakes we've made and all the missteps have just led to us being better at this. So honestly, I probably wouldn't change much about the show. Um, maybe us hammering out the format a little bit before we just dived right into the first episode. Um, but other than that, it's yeah, I, I don't think I change really a lot to uh, because it's all kind of led us to to this point right now and how good we are at this before this podcast. I never really looked at movies objectively like this. I always just went by, was I entertained? Yes. Cool. Good movie. And now I can kind of look at movies I enjoy and admit that they may not be good uh, objectively. And then I can look at movies I don't enjoy and admit that they are good objectively, uh, which is something that I had a hard time doing before we started uh, doing this podcast. Plus I've watched a ton of movies. I probably would have never watched uh, because of needing to watch them for review. Very, very true. It is always expanding. Uh, Kenneth, do you have anything you would change for the podcast? I wish I hadn't have done some of the episodes as tired as I was. That's fair. Sometimes you show up and uh, you don't feel like you gave your all when the recording's done, and you're just kind of like, "Man, fuck! I hope, I hope that turns out okay." Uh, and then it just happened to me with um, "Mask of the Red Death." I I was not really happy with my performance on that show. Um, yeah, I've been going through a lot of mental shit uh, here lately um, that I haven't really got to on the show. Uh, I haven't really talked as much about it on the show. Um, but uh, you can, t- if I seemed off on that episode, that is why I- I'm just going through a lot of shit. And um, I was not in a good headspace when I did that show. And I, I-, I honestly, I shouldn't have done that show because I wasn't going to give my 100%. But... What are you going to do? Sometimes that happens. Um, Heather, is there anything you would change for Kill the Cast? I would have stalked Jay sooner. Um, okay, that's fair. It took me a while to stalk him effectively and find Kill the Cast, but um, I feel like I, I stalked pretty good, and now I'm on a podcast and I, uh, I'm in a community, so go me. I can't <laughs> wait till Jay quits Kill the Cast and Heather uh, fucking baits his ass. And... <laughs> Ties him to a bed Master and just baits my ass. No baits from misery. Baits. Oh, you know, sledgehammer to your play. ankle. Role play, role play. Either way, I'd watch that video. Uh, yeah. Uh, next question from Dave Z. Are there too many horror podcasts now? Well, Kenneth and and Jay don't really listen to horror podcasts that much anymore. Jay doesn't listen to podcasts. I do listen to horror podcasts. Um. No, I don't think there's too many horror podcasts because I don't see it as a negative thing. Yes, it will oversaturate and all that shit, but every day someone is creating something that probably brings some kind of happiness to their life. So technically, yes, there's too many horror podcasts, but if we didn't have too many horror podcasts, then there would be some show you would miss out on because they wouldn't have started. So I'm kind of fine with there being too many horror podcasts. I'm fine with too many everything. It will eventually uh, figure itself out and uh, we'll get a plague and half of us will die and it'll be fine. Ooh. Um, Are you hoping Jay, for biological apocalypse, robot apocalypse, or uh, zombie uh, apocalypse? No, revolt of mother nature. I want... Uh, Ooh, that's a good one too. Godzilla, king of the monsters to happen. Um, kill us all. 
Uh, Jay, you don't listen to horror podcasts, but do you feel there are too many horror podcasts? No, it's like any other creative work. It's an, it's an art, it's artistic endeavor. And I would never want anybody to not create art because they think there's so many people doing it. I don't care if it's bad. I don't care if it's good. If it makes you happy and it's art, I want you to do it. So no, there's, there can never be too much of any kind of art. There's never too many TV shows. There's never too many movies. There's never too many poets, poems. There's never too much of one type of band or one type of movie. I want people to continually make art because it, it, it makes people happy. And you never know who you're going to like. I never thought that we would have listeners in general. Like I thought it would just be fun for us to have conversations and record them. Um, but we've had people that aren't my friends already message us and tell us how much they enjoy the show and that just makes it worth it so you never know who you're going to reach with what you have to say so no there could never be too many podcasts all right kenneth you are there too many horror podcasts hmm. i don't know because i don't know how many out there there are okay fair heather <laughs> are there too many horror podcasts no i actually think that's a I don't want to say a, a poor question, but I don't understand how Dave could think that. All respect, Dave. Um, but there's something for everybody. And I listen to most of them on the Legion Network and Horophilia. And I think they're all great. And you find the ones that work for you. And I think it's wonderful to have variety. Keep it up. All right. Uh, next question from Dave Z. Do you guys plan to start reviewing more newer stuff on the show? Yeah, eventually. Uh, it'll probably actually happen more now that we're do we're actually trading off who gets to pick the movie. Um, I have a feeling that Jay will probably be the one that pushes us in that direction. Probably. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, there are some newer horror movies I wouldn't mind reviewing, but my kind of forte is picking the little bit older, weirder stuff. Um, so we all kind of have a, a balance but yes, I would like to do newer things. Um, I know it's not completely new, but I know we want to do Hereditary. Um, I do. Oh yeah, I want to dive into that one hard. That um, fucked me up. Whew. Yeah. So even though Horror Corridor has already done the perfect podcast on Hereditary, I still want to dive in and do that one. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll end up doing newer stuff on the show. Um, I, this is not really a question I need to ask everybody unless someone objects. Kenneth, do you object? It's not really that. I think, in my personal opinion, I don't like doing newer... I don't like doing the shit that everybody else is doing at the same time. So, like, when you got a movie that comes out that's badass, like Hereditary. When Hereditary came out, it was on every fucking horror podcast. You know what I'm saying? And I don't. And that's the reason why I like the idea of waiting and doing it later. So that way it can kind of re... It, reinvigorate the spirit of the movie especially when there's a movie that's as good as hereditary was um you know so that's kind of the reason why i like to hold back a little bit i mean unless it's something that's fucking huge like when we did you know our uh our little short review of uh it chapter two you know what i'm saying and luckily all of us had went and saw it but you know I, that's kind of why i like to wait and not do movies that are that are brand new because it's going to be on every everybody else's podcast. And I mean, I feel like that, you know, that's one of those times where it's like, I don't feel like there are too many horror podcasts, but I feel like there's an oversaturation of one specific subject. Yeah, we do strive to not fall into um, 
what everyone else is doing. We do we've canceled a show because as I was planning that show, I found out that another podcast in our pond uh, was doing it. So I canceled the show and changed it to something else. I do not like doing what other people are doing. And with a lot of those big movies, there's too many people covering it. We do it every once in a while, like we did with It Chapter 2, just because it kind of lined up. But for the most part, Kenneth is right. We typically leave that newer stuff to other people. But I, but doing movies that are only a few years old is something that we could tackle now that right. I feel yeah. more comfortable. I don't think we'll be doing movies that are are super current. But from the year or two before, I could definitely see us getting into that. Right. Um, unless one of us watches a new movie that we feel is a bit under the radar that people aren't talking, you know, that we feel like there's something there we could really dig into, then yeah, that could happen. But I I, I just haven't read because my favorite movie right now, like horror movie wise of 2019, there's not much to say about the movie. It's crawl. You're not. There's not that much to talk about. It was good though. It was great, but it's it's not a talk piece. There's right. nothing for me to say. So it was good. End of episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Creepshow okay. series was pretty good. I haven't watched any of that yet. It's it's good. Neither I mean, you could you could I. run through it in a in a couple of hours in a few hours. You could run through it. I mean, because it, it I think there's only like eight episodes or something like that, and each one has two two short two stories in it. Are they twenty minute episodes or forty? Yeah, episodes? I think so. I, I think I think the whole episode. I think they're twenty minutes per story. Twenty twenty five so, minutes per story. So you could you could run through it. I ran through it really fast. So I mean, if you do the math literally, it'd take you probably you know about six hours, but six or seven right. hours. Um, his last question is: When it comes to movies. Is there a difference between best and favorite, and why is the answer actually no? Uh, well, the answer is there's a big difference between best and favorite. Um, my favorite movie may not be technically the best. I, I It might be a favorite movie of mine, but when we're talking best, we now have to talk about a technical aspect. We have to try to remove bias. The Shining is one of the best movies ever, it will never be anywhere near my favorites. Um, but I can recognize the greatness. Um, I can also go, you know, this movie is my favorite, but from a technical aspect, there's a lot of problems with it. Um, God, what's a good example of that? Um, technically not the greatest but it's one of my favorite movies well like mine's a great example i like the matrix well that's my favorite movie of all time if we're talking horror it's nightmare on elm street 3 and that's a good it's it's a good movie but it's it's not the best horror of all time. oh yeah especially like looking at the original nightmare on elm street that that's a a good one to fucking do also because there's a lot of technical issues with that um but i could understand the argument for it being a best movie or, you know, something like that. Um, so I, I completely think there is a difference. Um, and the difference is bias. Um, I, the best movie, you have to try to remove your own personal bias and, and look harder on the technical aspect of it. 
as to where favorite you can lean on your bias and not care that it's technical aspect. I can sit here and say Carnosaur is one of my favorite movies, but it's not going to be one of the best movies. Um, obviously, um, Kenneth, what do you think about that? What the argument of is the difference between the best and favorite? I think there's a huge difference between the two of them. I mean, especially like what you were saying, if you can, if you can remove yourself from like your your personal viewpoints or anything else like that and just look at the movie for what it is then you can absolutely do that you know what i'm saying i mean there there are movies out there that we have different opinions on because we don't like who made the movie you know what i'm saying like uh victor salva is a perfect example there are people out there that hate him hate his guts with good with good reason you know what i'm saying but they can separate themselves from his artwork and who he is a person, whereas other people cannot. And they can sit there and they can say, oh, that's a good technical movie, but it wouldn't be my favorite. Or, I really wish Victor Salva could remove himself from a child's mouth. But, uh, there you go. I mean, that's all joking aside. That's a prime example of, exa- of, of what I'm saying. I mean, you can you can take a piece of art, whether it be a book, comic book, uh, movie, anything like that. And you can literally separate it based on your opinions and then what it is from a technical aspect, like what you were saying. So yeah, you're right. It's completely based on bias and you can sit there and you can do that with any body of work like that. Uh, anything out there made, you can do it. And, and you can, and you can find all kinds of different reasons why you think this is better or this is better or why you hate this one or why you dislike this one or whatever else. But as long as you can, you know what you're doing and you can separate those aspects of yourself when you go into discussing the body of work, that's what matters. So like for like going back to what I was saying about Victor Salva, you know what I'm saying? He is a person is a fucking piece of garbage. He, he, he is literally a fucking walking trash bag. But at the same time, I liked the Jeeper Creepers movies. The first one, anyway. I really liked that movie. I thought Powder was a fucking amazing movie. It just sucks that the guy that made this amazing piece of art is a piece of shit. Very true. Um, Jay, you kind of jumped in with me, but do you have anything else you want to say? No, no, you, you kind of covered what I, what okay. I said. Yeah, it's the uh, uh, same. <laughs> Heather, do you have an opinion that you want to share on best versus favorite? Best versus favorite, sorry, what are we? Uh, the question is, when it comes to movies, is there a difference between best and favorite, and why is the answer actually no? <laughs> which i guess we all disagree with you i don't i don't Dave. think that's a thing i think there is a difference between best and favorite i can say a movie is really well made and that it's the best or whatever but it may not be my personal favorite like that's i don't know that seems pretty clear to me yeah. sorry dave disagree right. we'll move on uh neil says hashtag f jeremy neil <laughs> i agree um Shout out to the Fuck Jeremy Coalition. Um, I apologize for the massacre that occurred on your own show, Jeremy, when I showed up there. Um, but at least one person said it was very annoying what I did to you. So there, you have that going for you. Um, our last question comes from one of my favorite people of all time. 
And that would be Watson from Horror Corridor slash the Watsy Party. Horror Party. Party. Uh, they are indeed not Nazis. Um, despite... Uh, Do we know the, for sure, though? They are not. I know for sure uh, they are the Watsy Party, uh, which is not... Not they're not Nazis. They are not the Nazi Party. They're the Watsi <laughs> Party, not the Nazi Party. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's very confusing, but it, like I've done, I've done the research. Um, I I, I went there. Uh, they wouldn't even eat a sandwich with mayonnaise on it. They're not that kind of white people. I checked. That's still one of the greatest um, names. I thought well, the first time that popped up in my feed on Facebook, I was like, oh my god, that's fucking brilliant. See, Watson, someone likes your name. I thought it was fucking brilliant. I was like, oh my god, um, that's amazing. This is kind of similar to a question we had earlier, but um, I, I I think for this one, we're going to take it more personally and look at ourselves. I uh, Watson Watson's asked, next child. Um, I would definitely take Watson's next child. Okay. Um, in my mouth. Okay. <laughs> um... Well, hopefully you go on a diet so you won't swallow. <laughs> Love you, Watson. Um, Watson asks, in what ways do you feel you've grown as podcasters over these four years? Um, I can tell you right now that my ability as a host has grown greatly. Um, and there's a story behind it. When we did our episode on Phantasm... I went looking for other podcasts that had cover Phantasm because I wanted to compare our show to their show. And when doing that, um, the Skeleton Crew had recently just did uh, Phantasm 1 and like Phantasm 2. So I was like, okay, I'm going to check out this show. So I listened to their Phantasm show and I was like, holy fuck, they are good. Um, and at the time, this was Alex Edwards, Dave Z, and uh, Jamie Sammons. So, I started paying attention to what Alex Edwards did as a host. And um, I started incorporating things I would learn from him uh, listening to him do his hosting uh, job on, on this podcast. And I would take it and start using it myself to find my own group. So, the biggest improvement and growth I've had is as a host, and the man responsible for that is Alex Edwards. Um, and I even ended up working with him on Married with Children podcast. Um, I just recorded with him the other day for Married with Children podcast. Uh, I'm not on that full-time, but I do pop up every once and again. Uh, in fact, we just did a, a review of the Ed O'Neill movie Dutch, uh, which has a young Ethan Embryo uh, as a child That's actor. a great movie. Um it's not, um, but we did a review of it on, on the Married with Children Patreon. It, it was it was a fun time, uh, but for me personally, I grew as a host, uh, and it really is thanks to Alex Edwards, um, and um, I've gotten a little bit better of editing, but uh, for me, it's just my hosting abilities that have greatly improved over these four years. Um, Kenneth, how do you feel you have personally grown over these last four years? Well, the first thing I got to say is that if you were going to choose somebody to learn shit from, man, I mean, damn, you picked one of the best. Alex is, Alex is. I, I thought you were coach. literally about to say 
Why did you choose that fucking alcoholic? No, I, I mean, I, I, I mean, Alex is an amazing host, and I think the stuff, a lot of the stuff that he did for the the skeleton crew was fucking amazing. And then, you know, uh, the 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 what he took on doing the Marriage with Children podcast is is it's fucking it's crazy to damn just just think about the you know the work that he put it puts into bro they're in season seven that's what i'm saying man i mean the work that he put into the skeleton crew and then started doing that on top of his job because that man works his ass off he works to death while we were recording the dutch review we were right towards the end and his job called him to come in that's what I'm saying. I mean, and, you know, I mean, the cool thing about us is we kind of know Alex personally also, you know, because we've because we've done so much stuff with him over the years. Um, so, yeah, he's a he he's a great one. You know what I'm saying? I mean, him and Watson both. I, the, the Those two guys are fucking amazing. You know, I really have to say that my favorite thing growing over the over throughout the podcast, me as a, as a co-host on the podcast, you know, I've really, it's really taught me how to, uh, how to grow as a person, you know what I'm saying? And be more outspoken because in, in, outside of the podcast, I'm a very introverted person. So when I'm, when I'm on the podcast, I can be very outspoken and, and, and I like the, the ability to express myself and to kind of come out of my box you know, in this medium. And then also the relationships that I've developed over the years, um, you know, with other podcasters and stuff like that. And, the, and, and, you know, the, uh, the, the interactions that I've had with fans, you know, even though I'm not really big into the social media aspect of it, I have had interactions with fans, um, of our show. And it, it's kind of humbling to know that you actually have, you know what I'm saying? Uh, people out there that really enjoy your stuff. And, and, and so, you know, I, I mean, I mean, I think for me over the years, it's been the personal growth that I've gotten just out of doing the podcast itself. So that's kind of where I'm at. All right, Jay. Uh, I kind of touched on this earlier, actually, when I was talking about how it, the uh, it's allowed me to view movies more objectively than I used to, um, which is probably the biggest of it. Also, it's it's I besides work, like I think my longest job that I've held is like five or six years. Uh, this is probably the longest, oh, I guess, relationships, too, since I've been married since forever. Um, <laughs> but uh, outside of, of work and, and, and romantic relationships, this is the, uh, the longest uh, endeavor that I've ever, uh, commitment, you know, the longest commitment that I've ever, ever had to something like this. And it's, uh, it really fills me, fills me with a sense of pride I don't get to experience too often. Very nice. All right. Um... Well, that uh, is it for questions um, because we've got to wait four years for Heather uh, as a podcaster before we can find out. I can say something. Okay, you can say. Hey, you can can say anything you want here, Heather. This is America. (laughs) Okay. Well, no, live anyway. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But actually, I've got a lot of feedback about my um, appearance on the Suicide Club with you guys when we did that and I had a lot of people ask me to be on their podcast and I've had people add me on Facebook and, and all of them have said that they really enjoyed listening to that episode. So I take that as a huge compliment because I just followed your lead. So thank you for that. Wow. Normally when people follow my lead, uh, they, they don't go anywhere. 
I'm not a corn <laughs> album. Nothing usually happens. It's it's not good. And if I wanted, even if I was a corn album, I would be issues, not follow the leader. You know, so that's all I got for you people. Them the jokes. Um, all right. With that being said, we are going to move on to our movie review of Cannibal Holocaust. Coming out in 1980, Cannibal Holocaust is directed by Ruggiero Diodato. Uh, it features Robert Kerman, who you might have seen in 70s porn. Um, Francesca Sierra. You know what? I can't pronounce most of their names. Let's just be honest. I can't do it. Who was uh, the first dude? Uh, Robert Kerman. Which one was he? Uh, he plays uh, the anthropologist. Uh, the guy who who goes to retrieve the canisters. The professor. Yeah. Wow, seventies porn. Yeah, he uh he did a bunch of seventies porn. Uh, in fact, uh, he was trying to make his uh break into uh legit movies. Uh, unfortunately, he did this, and after this, no one would hire him, so he had to go back to porn. <laughs> that makes sense. It happens. Um, I'm gonna look him up naked. <laughs> you should. I, he was in one of the big porno movies. Uh, Might have been Deep Debbie Throat 2 Dallas? or something. No, not Debbie Does Dallas. It was like Deep Throat 2 or something. Um, So, Cannibal Holocaust is one of the most controversial films ever made for, for multiple reasons. Um, one being that there is real animal death in the movie. Ugh. Um. But the controversy in this movie is huge. Um, I did a YouTube video about uh, this, but uh, the director, 10 days after the movie premiered in Italy, was arrested for obscenity charges, and then he was slapped with murder charges because they thought he actually killed his actors. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I did a whole video on that. Uh, it's on our YouTube channel if you want to check that out, and you can get all the information there for that. But it's very, very interesting. Um uh, and this is also a movie where there's a lot of, like, people saying a lot of things that don't make sense. Or they'll say something, and then later on they'll say something else. So when you start digging into this movie, just know there's a lot of times where uh, people are claiming one thing, but then another thing said. For example, um, the uh, chick who plays Faye Daniels in this movie, I saw one report where... She didn't want to do any of the nudity in this movie. But then there's also another report where she claims that um, her and the guy who played Alan Yates actually had sex in their scene. Uh, that it was not simulated. They had real sex. But then there's also another story where the guy actor who plays Alan says... That she said that we should go have sex before the film starts so we can be comfortable with it. And he said no because he had a girlfriend. But the actors who played Faye claims that they were actually having sex off the camera. Which is why they had actual sex on the camera. Huh. So who yeah. fucking knows? Uh, our characters in this movie, uh, just so people know who we're talking about, is Alan Yates who is the director of the movie. Uh, Faye Daniels, who is his girlfriend and the script supervisor. Uh, Jack Anders, who's a can can uh, fucking cameraman. Mark Tommaso, who is a cameraman. 
and Harold Monroe, who is the anthropologist. Uh, he is the guy that uh, goes there to find the canisters. He was in Debbie Does Dallas. Was it Debbie's, Debbie Does Dallas? Okay. Mm-hmm. I and thought it was Debbie Deep. Does Dallas too. Uh, I thought it was Deep Throat too for some reason. Mm. Um, whatever. Okay. <laughs> so, man, I, where do we start with this movie? Because I don't know if we should throw it to Jay first and let him get his negative thoughts out, or if me and Kenneth should talk about the positives. Or uh, Heather, was this a first time watch for you? Yeah, it was, and it was interesting because I've heard a lot about it, and it wasn't as shocking as I thought it was going to be. Um, the the killing the animal scene did not bother me um, at all. Uh, we eat animals. I eat animals all the time, so it. I wouldn't want to kill it, but didn't bother me. I just thought it was an interesting play on society. Like who is the cannibal? Who is not? I'm assuming we're doing spoilers. Are we doing spoilers? Oh yes. It's kill the, okay. Yeah. It is kill the cast baby. Four years of yeah. spoilers. So like, I thought the whole purpose of the movie was very interesting. Like who is really the cannibal here? You know, how is society wants to view these things that these individuals who are living this ritual lifestyle are doing, but really who is the voyeur who is, you know, I think the whole voyeurism thing was very, very interesting. I wouldn't probably watch it again, but I didn't think it was the worst movie in the world, but it definitely was not as shocking as I thought it would be with the exception of one part of a rape scene that kind of bothered me a little bit as a female, just the pain that she would have been in. But it wasn't like I was uncomfortable watching it. I just thought, oh, fuck, that would hurt. Um, but yeah, those are my general thoughts on it. Okay, uh, yeah, uh, Cannibal Holocaust is a movie that shows the immorality of the modern civilized age by exploiting violence and sensationalism. Um, The issue with that is, is the production of the film does those exact same things, so it's very hypocritical. Uh, It's creating an exploitive film that uses violence and sensationalism. Um, the, The killing of actual animals... For, I'm a big meat eater. Um, and it does make me feel good that all the animals killed in here, except for maybe the snake and the spider, we're all eaten. Um, uh, we, For instance, we have a muskrat. Uh, it is killed. It is, it is eaten. Um, the turtle. Uh, actually, the turtle wasn't eaten. It was given to a uh, tribe that usually will... Uh, sell that kind of stuff or trade that kind of stuff to uh, the more civilized areas for stuff they need. Um, uh, Two monkeys were killed. Um, In fact, they originally were not going to kill the monkeys, but the natives convinced them to kill the monkeys because monkey brains are a delicacy over there. Um, And the pig actually was not scripted to be killed either. But um, I think it was a costume designer came up to the director and was like, can we stop eating fucking fish out of the river? They have pigs. Can we just kill one of the pigs and eat it? I'll prepare it. I know how. I'm Roman. I can do that shit. Uh, So they actually did uh, do that. Um, In fact, the character of Alan Yates was supposed to be the one that kills the turtle and the pig. But the the actor absolutely refused to do it. Um, reportedly he cried every single time an animal was killed, which is, uh, why when they do show scenes of animals getting killed, you don't see any close-ups of that actor. Uh, he could not deal with it. So, 
But yes, all uh, besides a spider and a snake, because I could not find any information to that. But the muskrat, the monkeys, and the pigs were all eaten, and the turtle. Uh, part of it was probably eaten, but a lot of it was also sold. Um, so we have that. Um, but yes, unfortunately, uh, this movie. <sighs> While trying to to show uh, how us modern people are cannibals and savages in our own uh, civilized way, the movie kind of commits those same sins to make that happen production-wise, which is why some people have a big problem with this movie um, and why most people don't really get into that conversation because they just go, oh, well, they killed real animals oh, well, uh, that footage from the Road to Hell, that's actual um, execution footage, which it is. By the way, you saw real execution footage in this fucking movie. Um, Execution footage uh, and those types are not considered snuff films because they are not made uh, for profit. Um, They are considered uh, videos of war, much like when um, we were having newspapers uh, being beheaded and filmed uh, in the Middle East. Um, in fact, the director said that, uh, some of that footage, um, he was going through, he actually denied because it looked fake and he laughed later on when it ended up showing up in, uh, the Faces of Death series, <laughs> uh, which Faces of Death series is also well known now for faking a lot of its video. So that's fun. Also, you cannot sell Faces of Death on eBay. Yeah, we went through that, didn't we? <laughs> yep. Um... So, uh, okay, Kenneth, Jay, which one of y'all want to get onto your thoughts on Cannibal Holocaust? Because I'm not sure if we want to start with someone positive or someone negative. Well, I think mine are going to end up being shorter than everybody's because they always are. So if you want me to go first, I'm okay with that. Okay, go ahead, because I'm sure Kenneth and I will rebuttal things you say in our explanations. Yeah, okay, that's probably fair. All right, so... My majority of the issues with this movie definitely come from the animals. And yes, I know that they were used as food. My problem is that they were they were not killed humanely. Not that the sav not that the, the tribe, the natives would have killed them humanely anyway. They would have whatever, you know, I don't know what, what process they used for killing them. But just because that was the end result, it was still done for entertainment. Yeah, I eat meat too. And I know that cows are, you know, slaughtered for my food, but it's not done for entertainment. Nobody's filming it and selling it as a movie. And it, like, when he killed the muskrat, he's he's like torturing it, like he's for fun on camera, a real living thing. I I just can't get behind that. It bothers me a lot. <laughs> um, and so that's that's my main issue. Putting that aside, because I I just fast forward through those scenes. They they. We're not integral to the plot, um, other you, than to show how fucked up these people were. You know, there's done. a animal cruelty edited version of this movie, right? Yeah, you told me about that. Okay. I just don't care enough about the rest of it to to need to own it. Um, but it, it's not important to the plot. It's literally just a waste, um, in my opinion. Uh, but that all aside, uh, I feel like the movie has some weird pacing at times. Like it, uh, it kind of starts out. 
you know, good, and then it gets it gets slow, and then it kind of like ramps up for like the last last third of the movie, uh, almost nonstop. Um, so I feel like the pacing is a little weird. Um, I just don't really like any of the characters. Like the professor is the only decent character here, um, if any. Well, I'm pretty sure he's supposed to be the only decent character in the movie. That's that's on and purpose. I don't know, man. It just just most of the stuff in this movie just so. I guess, oh man, sorry, my thoughts are kind of all over the place uh, <laughs> uh, right now. Uh, so, like, I appreciate what it what it did for exploitation, the exploitation genre. I really appreciate some of the effects um, are pretty pretty good. Some of them are not so good. Um, some of them are very very weak. Um, but especially the famous the the impaling that the girl impaled on the post. That's an amazing effect. Um, that was pulled off and I can appreciate that, but just the overall content of the movie is just not like, it, it feels like the movie equivalent of an edgelord <laughs> almost, uh, like, it's just like, here's a rape scene just because you know what? We need one of those right now. It's like, it's I don't know. Weird to hear you say all that knowing you're a fan of a Serbian film. I wouldn't say a fan. I just like to screw with people about it. I mean, because the Serbian film is an edgelord movie also. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I've, I mean, I've and both of these it. movies claim to have a message. Whether you believe them or not, they're still delivering that message through this edgelord style. I don't know, man. It's just everything about this movie just kind of misses with me. Okay. That's how I, I mean, it's how I felt the first time, and it just I just kind of doubled down on that opinion watching it this time. All right. Well, Kenneth, let's go to you. What are what what are your thoughts on this movie? All right. Before I get into my own personal thoughts, I want to ask Jay, what do you mean when it's that when you say it messes with you? Elaborate on that for me. What do you mean? Like what, like, which... like messes with you? Is it mess with you on a psychological level? Or is it mess with you on? When, I don't remember saying that though. Yeah, you just said the you don't know the movie just messes with you. Yeah, you literally just said. That. Oh no, misses, misses. Sorry, misses. Oh, okay. bad enunciation on my part. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right, it's, it's a it... miss for me. Like it's like all the all the content just misses for me. Sorry all right, about me... that. It's cool. I'm 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 gonna kind of piggyback off of Jay in in the structure of how i'm gonna go about this all right so first let me start in the same place that he did with the stuff with the animals okay my viewpoints on hunting and killing things for food and stuff like that have went through a very dramatic shift over the course of i would say the probably the past two years um i used to be a diehard you know I'm not going to be the person that's going to, you know, go out and kill animals and go hunting and whatever else, you know, because that was kind of the way I was raised. Even though I grew up in the South, my dad was very avid on not, you know, uh, as long as you can go to the supermarket and buy your food, watch it, you have to go out and kill it. And I used to live by that philosophy. And then the more I thought about it, the more I was just like, well, I can see to a point where my dad is coming from. But at the same time, when dad was instilling this into me when I was a kid, there was you didn't have videos that had come out where it showed you what the inside of these packing houses and slaughterhouses and whatever look like and what actually happens to these animals. 
And so by by me seeing that now, let me first first and foremost start off by saying that even though I have seen the of what that looks like, the industrialized version of, you know, meat processing, I'm still not going to stop eating meat. I enjoy eating meat. That's my thing. So I feel like that at this current moment in time in my life, that more of the responsibility of eating this meat needs to fall on my own shoulders because these are animals that are giving their lives to give me life. So I feel like that this needs to fall on my shoulders. So next winter when hunting season comes around, I'm going to try to be prepared enough mentally and physically to go out and hunt my own food for the year. But like, you're going to go and hunt all your own food, Kenneth? Yes, I'm well meat-wise, I'm going to go hunt meat-wise. Well, yeah. yeah. Meat-wise, awesome. I'm going to go hunt my own food. I okay. do, you don't have wild cows. I don't I, I eat deer. Georgia. I've got I've got deer meat in my freezer uh, right now. Okay. Yeah, but aren't you going to miss like a good chicken nugget? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny that you would bring that up because uh yes, I will miss chicken nuggets, but at the same time, I probably am going to kill my own chickens. Yeah, you, you can make chicken nuggets. Are you gonna have? Are you gonna have like cheat days where you're like, "Fuck <laughs> it, today I'm gonna have a cow." <laughs> Actually, I'm in talks with people about. Um, I don't have enough land of, on my own to raise my own cow, but um, we have family members that do, and I think I'm gonna end up raising my own cow for the slaughter. And is That's it because cool. you think it's more humane how you will do it than what is done to them? Right. So, if, yeah. Okay. Ex- exactly. Because if yeah. I go, if you know, some of the stuff that you see in these videos of what happens to these animals, I mean, oh my God! Like I saw this one of a uh, a video of a cow that was right before it was going to go, and this machine just basically comes down. No, and no matter what they tell you about how they give them sedatives or any of the rest of that, that's all bullshit. You know, this machine comes down, grabs a hold of this cow. If it doesn't get it the right way, it'll break its legs, whatever, turn it upside down and and, and slit its throat while it's going through all this pain and fear and everything else like that. And then let it just basically hang there until it dies. And if and if and if the machine doesn't slit its throat well enough because a person doesn't do this in this particular one, if it doesn't do it halfway, then the cow just sits there and basically just uh, dies slowly and painfully and in fear. That would produce bad meat, though, because the meat would be shot with adrenaline, making it much. You, did you much know tense. that? Do you know that when you go and buy ground beef from the store in America, that the reason why it's pink in the store is because they dye it. Oh, the dying they, has nothing to do with what I'm talking about, though. But the the point that I'm trying to make is that if they don't give a shit about dying this meat for you to for, just so it looks good to you and enticing to you in the store, do you think that they give a shit about oh. whether the fear of this animal is going to spoil the way it tastes? Okay, that's fair. Because I mean, I I don't think about this kind of stuff because I just don't care. I just want my food, and right. I and, don't. And I mean, and I go mean, so into I'm, all of that. I'm not going to give you shit about that. My main people do that. You know, it's not my place to fucking tell you, you know, how you're Well, they do. can suck my dick. I have to listen to right. the fucking death screams of carrots as they rip it out of the ground. <laughs> right? The I'm thing from you, another man. world was a fucking smart carrot, and we killed that thing too. You know, I'm just tired of the fucking massacre of the br- fucking bean sprouts, okay? I have to hear their cries 
and no one wants to do a damn thing about it. Vegetarians are dangerous and they need to be stopped. I'm a meekin. I uh, only eat meat because I think it's unethical to uh, to torture dwarf vegetables. I agree. I <laughs> do not like the way that we treat corn. Um, it's Turn it uh, into syrups. Once once we uh, committed genocide against the Native Americans, uh, corn lost the respect. We gave it a <laughs> shitty name. It used to have a cool name. Used was like, "Yo, you want to eat some maize?" Fuck yeah! Now it's called corn. It's a fucking shitty new metal band. That sucks, dude. Like, goddamn, we're so but disrespectful. The point, the point that I'm trying to make is that you know I slowly want to start being able to do it on my own, step by step. You know what I'm saying? Because there's so much shit. Not and and not on top on top of the the what these animals go through. There's so much shit that's put in your food, man. That that okay. damn. If you really take the time to sit down and think about all the stuff that's in your food, it it is absolutely terrible for you. Well, I'm not so, going to do that, but... Uh... Right, but going back to the movie, getting back to the movie, that is probably my biggest problem because I agree with Jay. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the the the, the way that these animals died on camera was just for the entertainment of making the movie. And, and to me, I agree with Jay. That's fucking wrong. That's the biggest problem that I have with this movie. Now I get I get about it being a different country and what and the time period that it was and stuff like that. But out of this entire movie, that is the only thing that really got up like hardcore got up underneath my skin. And and the muskrat one was probably the worst one because this thing is literally hollering in fucking pain. Yeah. You know, while this guy is stabbing it in the fucking neck. The turtle's and, the hardest for me. The people yeah. didn't know what they were doing. I think that was the thing that was really bad. That the butchering was done by a bunch of people that didn't know what the fuck they were doing. Right. So it was dragged out. And I hear your point, Kenneth. And personally, it did not bother me, but I think it's because I knew going into it that happened. So I was already prepared for it. Um, but I do think it was... I, I think you make a very good point that if you're going to kill animals on screen, at least know what the fuck you're doing so it's done quickly and with as least pain as possible. Yeah, and see, that's one thing that, you know, when I actually do get into doing this, I guarantee to you, y'all will never see a picture of me with the animal that I kill on see, fucking Facebook or any of the rest of that shit. Because I don't believe in it. And it's like, you know, I mean, the only thing that I think that I will ever keep from one of those things, and, you, and, and, and you know, uh, some people may think I'm crazy or whatever, is I'm not going to mount the head and the fur and all the rest of that shit. Probably the only thing that I'll keep it would probably be its skull just because I think it looks cool. Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying. Cool. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Or use the I'm, I'm I plan on you know tanning the hide of whatever I kill and using that to you know like make some cool shit or whatever else, just so nothing gets wasted. But the rest of it, I mean, it's just like I don't feel the need to pose in front of everybody with a big fucking smile on my face at the fact that I just killed this thing. The only thing that I need to feel good about at that current moment is the fact that I am providing food for myself and my family by doing something like this and bringing that animal down as fucking easily and as painlessly as possible and then giving thanks to it for giving its life for me. Well, and controlling and what see, you put into the of, animal too. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of the uh, that's that's kind of it's exactly that's a great example of of my thought process for this whole thing. If the tribe had done it, they would do it efficiently because you don't there's no efficiency in like this. If they're natives, you can call them savages, whatever you want to call them. But I mean, all their stuff is is designed for efficiency. It's not efficient to torture an animal. You're going to 
to dissect for meat to eat or to trade. You're going to kill it as quickly as possible. Kenneth goes hunting. He's going to aim for the deer's head, I assume, because that I mean you heart. don't eat the head. You don't eat the head meat, but I don't know. I don't know anything about you. You aim for its heart. Okay, there you go. You aim for its heart. Hits the heart. Instant death. Kenneth is not shooting it in the leg and then following it as it limps and stabbing it on camera while it dies slowly and then eating it. So that's kind of the difference uh, in in how I see this, is that the and the fact that it was done for entertainment, regardless of what happens afterwards, is just not okay. I understand that slaughterhouses in America are fucked up, that where all of our meat comes from is, is, is fucked up, but nobody's filming it for entertainment. <laughs> uh, it's not presented as a movie, and I just... I just, I can't, it makes me dislike the rest of the movie that much more. So I may, maybe it's just a skewed bias from that fact. Hey man, and I get it. But I mean, to go in further on what I think about this movie as a whole, the movie did its job and its job was to make you feel fucked up. That's what it was. That's what the movie was supposed to do. It went to the level of extremism that it went to to get underneath your skin and to make you feel fucked up. And we've had a conversation on the show, as well as Jerry and I having conversations or whatever. And 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 the thing about it is, is there are some horror movies out there that are literally designed for, for you to have fun while you're watching, for you to have that 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 haunted house fear. You know what I'm saying? The thrilling fear that you have. But the, on the other side of it, what a lot of people don't take into consideration, except for people that really dive deep into the horror genre, is that a lot of these movies are to make you feel fucked up. They're to make you afraid, like genuinely afraid. Not startling fear or something like that, but to give you an outlook on things that happen in the world that could possibly happen in the world to make you feel unsafe. To make you feel weird. To get underneath your skin. To make you feel shitty. That's what it's designed to do. A good example of a movie that's designed to do that is The Last House on the Left. That is a mm -hmm. perfect example. Another perfect example is the original I Spit on Your Grave. That's another a, a perfect example of a movie that's designed to make you feel fucked up. And, and see, so those are I'm okay with because they're not really raping these people. <laughs> and, 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 I, and I get it. And that's exactly so. So, like I said, on the flip side of that, I have to give this movie the credit for for doing exactly what it was designed to do and to make me feel like shit for watching it after I'm finished. And that's exactly what it does. You know, there are scenes in it that we obviously know are fucking goddamn faked, you know what I'm saying, and whatever else. But there are other ones in there that even though we know that they're they're, they're that they're faked, they're still fucked up. You know, like the one where they're doing the uh, the infidelity ritual on that one chick, where the where where the uh, the the guy's basically you know nailing her with his big ass fucking rock. Yeah, that was you a know? hard scene to watch. You know, female. Yeah, it looked rough. That was like that was kind of gross. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's that's the point that I'm trying to make. I mean, even though you know, if you if you sit and you look at that scene, you know that he's really not doing this shit to this chick. But the point is, is that it's still fucked up. And then you, when you see the, when you literally watch this one guy get his dick cut off, you watch it happen. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and this in you don't see shit like that in mainstream movies. Hell, in 1980, you didn't see things that were that direct very often in much of anything. You know, like even at the end of "I Spit on Your Grave," you didn't actually see her cut it off. You just saw it happen under the water in the bathtub. You literally watched it in this. You know, so it's just like 
that's where I've got to give the movie credit to. You know what I'm saying? And and and, and we've already brought up the iconic one of 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 the lady impaled. You know, and then if you and if you look at the at, at the beginning of that, I mean, she basically was impaled up on that stake because of what these guys did to her. You know, I mean, and just all that wrapped around in itself is just one of those things where you're sitting there and you're watching this movie and you're like, oh, my God. I mean, so, you, you, your mind will get blown. I thought the insinuation was that after they raped her, they put her on the post and were like, oh, my God, look what the savages did. Either way, she was... Well, no, no, no. Two different things there. The woman who gets uh, dragged in by a boat, uh, raped with a rock, and then the mud ball is built with spikes put in it, shoved into her vagina, and then hit on the head with a rock by the tribesmen, uh, gets put back on the boat and sent back in the water. That is seen by... um, The professor. By Professor Monroe. Uh, now, the native girl that Alan, Jack, and Mark rape, she is the one that is put on the stake and impaled. Uh, right. And if you pay attention to that scene, there is a small uh, cut-in clip of a tribes person watching, it, ha- watching them rape her. Mm-hmm. So just to clarify, those are two separate... And that's a, uh, things, and that's a, but yes, it is the girl that the three people rape that is put on that pole, right? Because so she's is no it longer the filmmakers that put her on the pole, or is no, it no, no, no. They it's did the not tribesmen. do it. The tribes did. Yeah, because she was no longer pure after that. Right, right. That. I just it just the way it was shot to me looked like like it goes from the rape, then the film cuts, and then they're like staring at her like the same person, like oh my god. So it, it looked um, like they had done it to me. The, I agree with you, Jay. And their and their remorse of what was going on seemed very fucking superficial, and seemed very um, tongue in cheek when they were looking at her. I I thought that they put her on the pole as well. I had the exact same impression you did. Yeah, no, they did not put her in the pole. They uh they they put the small clip of a tribesman watching. Um, but I'm not going to sit here and say that I don't think that they probably knew what was going to happen to her. Yeah, they didn't give a shit. Um, yeah, they just didn't give a shit. But the other part of that scene that clearly tells you that they didn't do it is the uh, way that Faye looks at Alan um, when he starts saying that, oh, this is because, you know, she doesn't have her virginity anymore. The scowl that appears on her face in pure disgust because she wasn't against the native girl getting raped. She was against her boyfriend joining in on that rape. Right. Um, And then for him to, you know, this is the first point where she is kind of going, wow, what the fuck are we? Uh, And she gives that disgusted look at him, almost similar to the look that we see in Last House on the Left after they uh, rape the girl. Right. And that's what I'm saying. I mean, it's just like. You know, all of these things included, you know what I mean? I mean, and don't don't get me wrong, I, you know, when you get to the end of it, you if, if, if you're one of those people that watch this movie and don't think to yourself, well, fuck, they're getting what they deserve now. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it, it, I find it hard to believe that anybody that watches this movie doesn't have at least one impulse where they think to themselves, well, fuck, y'all got what y'all deserved. Oh, yeah, I was oh, so yeah, happy. Yeah. Right, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, it doesn't change the fact that it's fucked up. It, the, the whole goddamn thing, is, to me, is fucked up. 
you know, and, and what they do to instill these types of things just so they can make a buck, you know, cause I had a friend of mine watching it with me and she, she was just like, you know, she was looking at it and I had, and I told her, I was just like, they're the reason why they're doing this is because they want to make money off of a documentary. They don't give a fuck about these people. They don't give a fuck about anything. All they care about is making the documentary that they're making and they'll, and they'll stage all of this shit. And so the whole thing, I mean, it's just like this again, this is one of those movies where I, where when I get done watching it, I just, you know, I have to give myself a break and not watch anything like that for a while because of how intense it is. All right. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm going to follow up with, uh, uh, I, I have to cover the animal shit. Y'all have already said y'all's part about it. Um, (laughs) I don't really want to talk about it because everyone knows we fucking get it. They killed real animals. It sucks. Move the fuck on. Let's talk about the goddamn movie. Okay. Um, I, it's just, we all agree it's bad. Uh, I have a hard time with the turtle scene. That's the only scene that I have. A, I don't really have that much of an issue with watching the other ones, but the scene with the turtle does kind of bother me. Uh, it's the only one that to this day, I still have a problem sitting through. Um, I'm sure eventually maybe that will not happen, but I'm kind of desensitized to that. I'm desensitized to the argument. Um, I don't like that people use that as a detractor to not like the movie or to shit on the movie. Uh, because what we have here, to me, is a fucking masterpiece of a movie. When I say I love this movie, I fucking love this movie. Uh, this movie is, one, you have to give credit for it uh, creating the found footage genre. Um, there was really nothing that I know of before this movie that was found footage. Um, This movie is separated into two halves. Uh, The first half is us trying to track down these missing people, uh, which is a key thing for any um, found footage movie that that will come, is there's always missing people. Rarely do we get to see people searching for those missing people, finding the reels, and then showing it. And I think that's a fucking great setup. And uh, and it also does something very important as it does this, is it teaches you everything you need to know um, to understand how fucked up Alan and his team is. You get to learn about uh, your three different tribes. You have the Yakuma tribe, which are kind of the peaceful ones. They're the ones that get their village burned down. Uh, you have the Yanomomo, which are the tree people, which are the ones that... Uh, are those the white ones? Yes, those are the white ones. And then you have the uh, Shamatari, which are the swamp people. Those are the ones that paint themselves black. Um, and the Yanomomo and the uh, Shamatari are the warring cannibal tribes. The Yakuma are kind of just trapped in the middle of it. Um... So, all of this is to build up information for you to understand so you can not only understand what you're dealing with, but so you can get a understanding of their culture, of how they exist, how they live, when white people are not trying to interrupt or take advantage of them. Uh, necessarily, there's a little bit of it, but not as much. Um, 
But it's all done to be a parallel so that when you see what Allen and his team do, it is that much fucking worse. Um, and it's all done so you can understand. And it's great little setups of them finding the clues to get there. Uh, it's just so well done. Uh, this is a, Jay, you said something about not liking the pace of this movie. I've never had a problem with the pace because I'm so interested in the first half. Um, and then I take everything I love from the first half. And then when we get to the second half and we get the reels, it's kind of like, um, switching to a courtroom drama in the middle of the movie. Uh, and I could see that throwing some people off, but now we have the heartless, uh, producers of TV and film versus the heartless creators who will do anything to make their documentary. So, because they both at the end game want that motherfucking money. Um, and it's just absolutely a, a, a great thing to watch, especially when it gets to the point of us actually seeing the man in the middle winning and convincing the producers not to put this out. It is it is showing them like, look, at, at some point you have to have a fucking heart. You've got to look at your humanity. You can't condone this shit. You cannot put this shit out. Um, and just the way the movie is set up, like there's certain things I want to go through. Uh, the opening scroll is fantastic because if you pay attention... It never says that this is real or based on real events. It just lets the audience know that it doesn't condone what has been made, but that free speech is something they believe in, even in the worst possible cases. Uh, and because of there being real animal death, you can actually take this as it talking about that in, in truth, but instead most people are going to take it as them saying that this is real uh, which in the UK caused a lot of people to believe that this is a snuff film. Uh, obviously, be, same thing in Italy because the director got murder charges thrown on him. Um, so to me, that's very interesting. And as we move on to these shots over the rainforest and this fucking beautiful music, the music in this goddamn movie is one of the best soundtracks ever. But the way it's used, it's, it's just fucking done great because sometimes it's showing you disturbing things, but it has this peaceful, like, calming music. And then sometimes it's showing you disturbing thing and it has that disturbing hit to it. But the way it plays with it is just fucking great. I, I absolutely really like love the it. music in this movie, actually. <laughs> I know it's so funny that uh, most of the time when we're doing like the horror coliseums, music is the category I have one of the hardest times, but I actually really uh, appreciated the juxtaposition of the of the happy, calming, like the, basically that theme that plays during the opening credits gets used a couple times. Um, and sometimes it's playing when like the worst things are going on. And I actually really, really appreciated the uh, the juxtaposition of the the happy, calming music over like these horrible, horrible acts that were going on. Yeah, and they use that trick multiple times in the movie, and it works every single time for me. Uh, when when the ritualistic punishment for adultery is happening, you get this like slow and depressing music, and it just makes you so sad for what is happening to this poor girl. Um, another great trick of music is uh, 
we have our professor playing in the river naked with the Yanomomo tribe girls who come down there and uh, they touch Harold's penis and he frolics with them uh, and they run out and it's all this happy music and everything. And then they get to where they're going, which is to show the bodies and the missing of the missing film crew. Uh, and it just switches to this fucking just this disturbing vibe of music. And it's so fucking great to have this like happy moment just turn in a fucking instant. It it is fucking great. I absolutely love it. Um, I think when it really comes down to it, I think this movie when it with music or whatever else is definitely a product of its time. Because there are movies that come out that are just like this, and I and like um, you know you got uh, going back to the last house on the left. The last house on the left kind of did that too, you know when they picked that the 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 type of music that definitely does not go in that particular area. So um, that was one thing that I said when we were watching it. I was just like such a product of this time. It's so great the way that it looks and the way that the music goes together with it perfectly. I I, I actually really enjoyed it myself. Yeah, I mean, look at the use of the beautiful music when they're uh, setting up the fake massacre by burning down the Yakuma huts. Right. Like, fuck, that's that's fucking great. And then, like, going from that to Alan and Faye having sex at one of the burned-down huts really shows that they just do not give a fuck and that they, they're kind of actually turned on by the fucked-up shit they're doing. And it's right um, in front of what's left of the tribe after they fucking kill all those people. Yeah, and then, like, literally right after that, we have the scene of uh, the professor talking to one of the producers and asking her, you know, how would you like it if someone made money off your misery? Like, direct, like, if you're not getting the point at this point, the professor is directly telling you. He actually does that a lot. Um, uh, There's just a lot of disturbing. There's that pregnant woman scene, uh, which does bother me, but not because of the abortion part. I'm fine with that. Uh... Let's let's make that happen more. There's too many fucking people here. Um, I just don't like looking at pregnant women. Oh, uh, pregnant women turn me on. Oh I mean, God, no, it freaks me out. And, uh... <laughs> uh, no, I fucking I can't do it, man. It freaks me out. But they abort her baby, then they kill her with a fucking rock. And once again, the music in that scene is so fucking dark. Um, it, it, it it's just and it still fucking works, man. Uh, it happens again with the fucking rape scene and, and like, here's where you start seeing a breakup of characters, uh, as the three rape her, uh, the, the very famous impaling scene, uh, which is one of the scenes that, uh, Dodato had to show in court how he did. He had to prove how he did that, um, so that he would not get fucking arrested. Uh, it is fucking great. Uh, and then the ending of the movie is just this great fucking death of everyone. Jack being speared and then Alan actually shoots him to make sure he's dead so that they can watch the tribe eat him. And that completely fucking backfires because <laughs> they all go and fucking go after them and they capture Faye next. And then they rape Faye before killing her as punishment for all the guys raping the tribe's uh, woman that they had to kill. Like, they're they're getting them back. Uh, and, and the music is coming in as they're stripping Faye. 
It's just fucking awful, man. They decapitate her and like, uh, you know, they, they chase and they kill Alan, they kill Mark, whatever. Uh, and I love how the movie ends with the order of the film reels being burned and, you know, the, I wonder who the real cannibals are, which is just like the, the thing said before, we're making money off misery, making sure they kind of nail that home. But the small little addition of saying that the projectionist John K. Karov was given a two month suspended jail sentence and fined $10,000 for illegal appropriation of film material uh, we know that he received two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for that same footage. That little tacked-on piece is just a fucking cherry on the top. I just think this movie is so masterfully done with the juxtaposition of different things, the the way the music plays, the way that it has all these characters that you're supposed to be disgusted and you're supposed to hate, uh, the one character you're supposed to like. Uh, you know, being really there with you the entire film through through all the shit, you agreeing with him and then you getting him him getting what he wants at the end. This movie to me is over it, it's blown out and overshined by this animal cruelty thing that it doesn't get the love and respect that it deserves as not only a great piece of filmmaking, but an important one to our genre. Kenneth was right when he says, you weren't getting shit like this in 1980. You fucking weren't. This was so ahead of the time and so ahead of the curve that it it blows my mind for, like, Jay not to like it. I, 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 I do understand Sometimes you watch something and something sticks out so bad to you, you can't get over it. So I understand why the animal cruelty thinks. Just like people are blown away by me saying Nancy having her mouth open in Nightmare on Elm Street ruins that movie for me. There's some things you just can't get across. You can't. You can't make it through it. And I do understand that. So I understand when people are mind blown by that effect with me. And this is mine. Where I'm mind blown by someone not liking it, um, because I do want to clarify that I do appreciate pretty much everything you said. I can appreciate. It's just that one, like you said, that one thing stops me from enjoying it. Um, but I can appreciate the rest of the artistic endeavor, just like Kenneth was mentioning earlier. When you separate the the shit human director of Jeepers Creepers from the movie, Jeepers Creepers is a good movie. I can separate the what I feel is a poor choice to include real animal torture in a movie and still appreciate the rest of the artisticness of the movie and what they were going for. It's just I just can't watch it in any sense of enjoyability because of the other stuff. And this might be slightly controversial. I do not call it animal torture. Um, not knowing how to killing kill something and still killing it even if it's done improperly, it's not torture because you're not intending to cause torture. See, but my opinion is they were intending to make it as drawn out and as long as possible for the purpose of filming. I don't know. I think they just didn't know what the fuck they were doing. I think they got into a situation where they thought that this would be an ideal scene and they didn't know what they were doing. And just because I'm getting super sleepy, so I want to make this point in before <laughs> I get too tired, I think this movie was about voyeurism. 
It was about the dangers of watching. It was about who is the voyeur, who is the one that is engaging in the deviant, deviant behavior. Because the thought that you would even release something like this to the public and in the screening room when they're watching it, it's really who's at, who's at guilt here? Is it the people that committed the rapes? Is it the tribal people who committed the, the murders? Like, really, we're all of guilt of engaging in this violence and this sexual deviance and it just being promoted. And I think that's what the movie was trying to get across. And I think the animal stuff was just done by people who didn't know what the fuck they were doing. Uh, I can't agree with you, mostly because... I know what the director was trying to do it because I I watched the interview mm, where he explains what he's doing. Uh, so like the the they he knows what he was doing. That like like he he knew what he was fucking doing. It was all done. Like on they purpose. knew that they were not killing the animals properly. Well, no, 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 no. They didn't have the skill to kill the animals properly. They okay. like they were ignorant in that fact. Um, but they. He's not exactly trying to get across voyeurism. One of his inspirations for this film was he was watching the news cover a story. And instead of focusing on, like, the facts and trying to deliver, like, a good news story, they were focused on the violence and sensationalism because they knew it would sell. Um, There's a part in the movie where the female producer says something along the lines of... uh, the more you rape their senses, the more they enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Voyeurism is the enjoyment of watching, but it's also the enjoyment of being watched. Um, this That's movie exhibitionism, two different things. What is being, it? Enjoy being watched is exhibitionism. I thought voyeurism went both ways on that. I think voyeur so means voyeurism is. Okay, so voyeurism is just watching? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, that's fair. Um, But the movie really is about uh, how the media will, how far the media will go to make money. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. That makes sense, yeah. Uh, It is definitely about the immorality of the modern age and how we're not that much different from the savages. Because in this movie, the savages technically are not immoral for their own society they're only immoral in our society but what we're doing to them in this movie is the real immoral thing it's like the guy um the fucking dumb asshole who went to that fucking un uh uncontacted uh island and the tribes people killed him and he went there to go spread jesus mm-hmm. and that the tribes people fucking killed him with. Yeah, he should have fucking died because it proves that Jesus doesn't love you, which is good because I don't love you. Oh, I thought you did love me. That's the whole reason I'm. No, I'm talking about the asshole who died. (laughs) Better let you know now, Jay. Uh, Not you. Uh, (laughs) I love you. Jesus thinks you're a cunt. Well, yeah, Um, I hope so. If he doesn't think I'm a cunt, am I even doing it right? When I was discussing this, uh, when I was discussing with this with Cheyenne, I was telling her the same thing about the guy that went to that island. I mean, it's just there are places on this planet that still live primitively. And the thing about it is, is, you know, don't go there, especially in this dude's case. He went there alone. You know, you just don't do stupid shit like that. You don't go there and disrupt the way these people live who have probably never seen anybody else outside of their own people ever. 
And then all of a sudden this guy comes up. He looks completely different. He looks completely alien from anything else. And then he's talking about, you know, the this one God that is different from whatever they could possibly believe in or anything else like that. And that it's superior. It's like, what, what, what the fuck do you expect to happen? You know, and for this guy to be naive enough to go to a place like this and not expect anything to happen to him. I mean, it was just dumb. It, 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 it was a very stupid move on his part for him to do something like that. And unfortunately, you know, that's what happens when you do stupid things. I mean, that was what I said the first time I read the article. I was just like, well, he was the dumbass that went there. Yeah. So, <clears throat> and this movie is is kind of that, except that guy went to spread Jesus. These people went to go make money. Uh, which, I mean, so basically, they, they're they both Joel Olstein. You know what I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. And Joel Olstein should be cannibalized. Mm-hmm. Um, 100%. Uh, so, yeah, this... And I know, and one thing I want to tackle is a lot of, there are people out there that dismiss this as a found footage movie and they, they don't like to talk about this being a found footage movie and don't like to talk about it being the birth of found footage movie. Um, but and is those, it? It is a found footage movie. Yeah. I'm saying those people are wrong because uh, a lot of people like to be like, no, it's Blair Witch. And then I'm like, well, it's not the Blair Witch because technically uh, the last broadcast was made before the Blair Witch. Uh it beat it by a fucking year. So technically that would make the last broadcast first one, not the Blair Witch. But both those movies suck. So it's Cannibal Holocaust. Suck it. Cannibal <laughs> Holocaust, uh, to me, is one of the most important films in horror movie history. If I had to do a top 20 most important influential horror films of all time, uh, you best believe Cannibal Holocaust is on there for not only creating the found footage movie, but for also just being one of the first most controversial band movies of all time. There's not many other movies that holds the titles of this. This movie, when it came out in Japan, was the second highest grossing movie of that year. Do you know what movie beat it? (laughs) E.T. E.T. is the only movie that beat this. Oh, you want to know the best part? You want to guess what two countries came together to produce this movie? Italy. Nope. Then I have no idea. Japan and Germany. Oh, Jesus. And they came directly to Deodato because he had already made a cannibal film called The Last Cannibal World, or The Lost Cannibal World, and said, hey, make another cannibal movie. We love that shit. Germany loves cannibals. Uh, Japan just loves fucked up shit. So it's, uh, yeah. So I will always be a defender of this movie, um, because I don't see it as edge lord as a lot of other movies. I do think it has a point. I do think it does a very good job of telling that point. Yes, it could do without the animal murder, but we can't change that. Just like people talk about a Serbian film could do without the baby rape scene, you know. Some things get put in that are regrettable, but it still doesn't take away from the movie itself. Um, so maybe one day we'll convince Jay to watch the animal cruelty-free version, and we'll see if he likes it more. I doubt it, because he's still going to be like, no, nah, you cut that scene out, but I know what you did. 
I saw it. Um, does anyone have uh, anything else they want to say about Cannibal Holocaust? Nope. Nah. <laughs> Jay, Heather's no. Uh, Kenneth, you have anything else you want to say? Nah, I'm good, man. I've already, I pretty much said my piece on how fucked up I think the movie is, but I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I actually think it's a really, really good movie. And the, and like I said earlier, the reason why I think it's a really good movie is because it did exactly what it was supposed to do. Make me feel fucking fucked up. Yep. I watched this movie with my mom. Oh, wow. So, That's hot. That's uh, yeah. Uh, you want to know something weird, though? There's someone out there who is jacked off to this movie. Oh, sure. I'm sure of it. Better believe it. There's a whole hentai subgenre that's just yeah. gore that people love and jerk off to. So, well, I'm gonna make you feel even worse. There's naked underage girls in this movie. I know there are. I've watched the movie. <laughs> it's it's bad, guys. Just like I'm uh, sure they uh fucking there's people that fucking pull up uh, National Geographic footage and just whack it to it. That's true, but this is simulated rape and murder. Well, maybe they're just in it for the naked kids. You don't know. That's true. Uh, well, they could be classy and watch that sixteen-year-old uh, who shows her tits in uh, fucking that old Romeo and Juliet movie. Which shields? Uh, was she in a fucking nineteen seventies uh, Romeo and Juliet movie? Oh, I know who you're talking about. She was the chick that played Audra in the nineteen ninety-eight movie. Uh, maybe I'm not sure. I just, I just know there's, uh, there's a thing where you can show, uh, underage nudity in films. Um, if it's artistic and the parents consent. So it just sounds like child porn with extra steps. Yeah. You know, (laughs) art is art. You can't censor it. Jay. Fuck your rules. We're killing animals and showing underage breast. Okay, that's the way the world is. Um, but yes, also, fun fact, all those girls that uh, played with the porn star guy, none of those were natives. Those were all from a local brothel. Oh, good for him. Yeah. So uh, were there her- actual natives in this movie? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, the, most of those were actual natives. Um, they, I'd like to do, so I know we just said we didn't have any other things to say, but how did they communicate with the natives to explain, like, Hey, we're going to drag this guy around. Please don't spear us to death. Translator. People understand their language. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, and I so, was correct. That girl's name is Olivia Hussey. She was the chick that played Audra in the 1990 It movie. She was in the Romeo and Juliet role uh, of Juliet in 1968. Yeah, there you go. Because I watched it in school and our teacher explained to us that she was 16. She was like, enjoy this, kids. She like, was. Oh, I, the teacher was really fucked up. <laughs> yeah. I had another teacher that made us watch Mission Impossible one day so they could sleep. That's a great movie, though. No, it's That's not. That's a great teacher. Um, what? That was awful. Um, Jerry hates action. Coming soon. No. Yeah, seriously, uh, the first one is fantastic. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so, uh, the uh, oh, the chick that was... Um, uh, raped with a rock and and stuffed with uh the mud spike ball. That was not a native though. She was actually uh not an actress either. She was uh she worked at, in as a designer on the set. <laughs> They're like, hey bitch, get over here. We got a job for you. <laughs> yeah, you can um, tell that you can tell that she's not a native. 
Yeah, yeah, they just tried to cover up her with as much mud as they could to make her look like it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you can see it in her eyes. She's not a native. She doesn't know that life. (laughs) Yeah, she's just like, you know, they're just like, hey, we need you. Come over here. Get naked and get nailed with a rock. Uh, Yeah, pretty much. Um, Okay, guys, with that being said... Uh, we're fucking out of here. I-, I could actually keep going about Cannibal Holocaust. I have so many fucking facts and trivia about this movie. Um, get the Grindhouse release Blu-ray. It's fucking, uh, oh, the transfer is mwah, fucking beautiful. Uh, watch it. This is a very important film to horror history. Watch the Animal Cruelty free version if you need to. It's on the Blu-ray. Um, I suggest that. Uh, uh, but, you know... Um, thank you for four years of Kill the Cast. We're glad to have done it. Uh, we're coming up on fucking episode 100 in 2020. It's gonna be fucking fun. I'm excited. Check out, uh, all the other shit we do. We have a YouTube channel. We have, uh, other shows like Jerry Hates Action, Atomic Age Saucer Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Cult Unknown. Uh, we're out here doing things, big things popping. Uh, all that good stuff. Um, fuck, um, anybody got anything they want to say to the people? Thanks, man. You guys are awesome. I like that. I like that. That was a good response. Kenneth, what do you got to say to the people? It's four-year anniversary. It's been a fucking awesome run. Now it's bedtime. I agree. Heather, (laughs) what do you want to say to the people who have dealt with us for four years? Buy a fucking tank top or t-shirt, guys. Like, seriously. There she should be more. I bought one from Canada, and I had to pay the exchange, and I still fucking have one. So everyone else should be buying one. Get a Kill the Cast shirt. Our logo is fucking balling. Uh, I uh, came up with that idea, and it's sexy. It is sexy. Um, I get complimented on it, actually, all the time when I wear it out. Goddamn right. You yourself can get complimented by Canadians if you wear <laughs> Kill the Cast shirts. True. And you listen to Drake. Uh, no, you don't have to listen to Drake. That is not true. You can listen to, um, Word Burglar. I think he's Canadian. Uh, Jesse Dangerously. He's a Canadian rapper. Listen to him. Uh, listen to Alexis on Fire. Boys Not Out. There's tons of other things you can listen to instead of Drake. Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds, that's true. You know, um, shit happens, guys. Uh, thank you for listening to Kill the Cast. Join us on the Facebook group. Uh, it's been four fucking years. This is like a almost three hour long podcast. We don't normally do them this long, but it was a four year anniversary. It was fucking Cannibal Holocaust. So, good night. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Um, fucking, uh, I don't have anything else to say. Can I say something to end this? I'm playing fetch with my cat. If you enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion Podcast Network, like Cinema PsyOps, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcast, Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Ming Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Metal Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick Six Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, 
Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Which Versus the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found. <laughs>